are listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This episode of Breaking Down the Ring is brought to you by Chala Legal Group Estate Planning. Estate planning is for everyone. Whether you're worth $4,000 or $40 million, estate planning can help protect you, your family, and your assets while you're alive and well. To register for an upcoming workshop today, go to chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. Again, that's chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. Ladies and gentlemen, New Year, New BDR episode for you. We are not going to talk anything about Wrestle Kingdom 14. We are not going to talk about things that are upcoming. We're going to get all of that next week as we become live from the Podcast Detroit Studios here in Royal Oak. But this week, we are going to do something that nobody else has done. A best of 2019 and a best of decade show when 2019 and the decade is over, we're going to get into all that and more this week as we break the ring down. Woo! You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Rise to the top, oh yeah. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You just made the list. This right here is a family. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux. What's up, guys? Death Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most inappropriate motherfucking show in the motherfucking world in the motherfucking 2020. Y'all listening to Breaking Down the Ring, and we are your ring crew. What's up, niggas? It's Smitty. It's Nick. And me, the owner. Friendly neighborhood, Nicka. He's allowed to say it. It's K's. Season K's. And me, the all Mikey one. Mikey himself, baby. Um, look, man, uh... <laughs> This show's going to be crazy. We're starting off 2020 with some power. Not with three R's, one R, because we're not trying to trademark, infringe. You know, we're, uh, we're going to make an impact with, this is with, hard, a K, hard with a K. It's going to get raw. But yeah. Uh, with three W's. You no, know, we're going to roar through 2020. It's the roaring 20s. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to smack down some bitches. I'm going to lay it, it down while smacking. Right? You know what you I'm saying? Lay it down the pipe while yeah, smacking ass. And look, man, I'm going to go, I don't mind on you bitches. Mm. And that should have been Smitty's line. Because we're definitely stereotyping Smitty in 2020. 
he kicked it off by stealing my shit. I was drunk. I was that drunk. That's how he kicked off 2020. As a stereotype. As a stereotype. But I was drunk as shit, yo. Said he had a stereotype. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Okay, so. If I had an ovary, I'd probably do it. All right, stop it. So, look. All right, here's the deal. Let me fucking talk to myself. Hi, Mikey. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, I was just saying this. Everyone does a best of the year before the year is up. It's annoying, right? If now Smitty's like, oh, Impact little best of on Saturday. Well, that's because they did it at best of Impact. Of course, their shit is done. But the problem is, not all the shit is done before the year ends, True. right? NWA had a show. New Year's Eve, December 31st. What happens if one of those matches was the best fucking match you've ever seen in your life? Your life, cracker. <laughs> <laughs> so. Cocaine is one hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair to knock that out of your decade or best of year. Fucking, oh, this is the best selling album of 2019 in December 3rd is what you're calling it? What? There's a couple albums coming out. How you know the Frozen 2 soundtrack ain't going to blow the fuck up? Bitch. The first one did. You had to let that go off the sta- off the soundboards because everyone was listening to it. Zing. They were finishing each other's sandwiches. In summer. <laughs> <laughs> They're building snowmen and shit. Right. You know, dog? So I want to do something different. Different. I wanted to do a best of 2019 and a best of the decade when 2019 and the decade were fucking over. Now- if you want to be a fucking nerd and go, the decade hasn't started until 2021 yet. That's what it is. It was the year one. No, motherfucker. It was zero BC, bitch. Zero AD. Whatever it is for Christ. That would make decades nine years. No. No, sir. Zero to zero is No, ten. sir. No. Zero to See, ten ten. there's so. fucking nerds that are saying it's 2020 is the last year of the decade. And it starts in, it started in fucking 20. 11. No. That's what it is. That's 10 years, right? I don't, I don't but like the, that. but that's what I'm saying. It's like no one's like MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This was the best song of the 80s when it came out in 1990. No, it was one of the best songs of the 90s. Right. So somehow that one digit year in the 10th place changes. Right. The first decade ever was only nine years. That's what it was. The first decade ever was ever. only nine years. It wasn't even a decade, it was a decade ish. Decade-ish. <laughs> ish <laughs> It was decade-ish. <laughs> so, look, we're going to get it. I'm also fucking blabbering because Z's still not here and he said he was coming, but he's going to be late. The problem is, like, at least his fiance is not late, I guess. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Man, there was a – made a fucking Facebook post where he was like, all right, break it. here's the news. It was like his uh, little ne- nephew wearing a I'm going to be a big cousin shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it was his, his other sister. All right, cool. All right, so look, we let's talk about the categories we're going to talk about. What's up, guys? Key Mills should be watching this. Ignorance. Alexa Bliss is not ignorant. Howie mainly. What's up, man? All right, guys. So I love the fact that we finally got Periscope chats happening. Look at this shit. All right. Best male wrestler of 2019. Best female wrestler of 2019. Best match of 2019. The best pay-per-view of 2019. Right? Best brand in 2019, favorite moment of 2019, and the worst moment of 2019. That is what's going on that we're talking about for the year. For the decade, 
We just have four categories because it's a lot to talk about. Top five wrestlers of the decade, men and women, all put together. Maybe, if you pick a girl. Top matches, top three matches of the decade. Your favorite moment of the decade and the worst moment of the decade. Smitty, I want you to give me your number three on your list of best male wrestler for 2019. Number three. Yeah, number three, dog. I, I, I. Whoa, man. So still stereotyping. Wait, hey, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Before we start, we need to toast with a little bit of the bubbly. We have it. Smitty, put that bottle in the fucking camera's face. I'm going to see that shit. Get closer. You step away. Yeah, look at that. That's right. We got a little bit of the bubbly. So open it. Face it that way. Yeah, Drew. Because there's no, no face it fucking. Face at my mouth. There's no fucking technology over there. And I don't trust. No, no action. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yes, Lana and Lashley getting married is the best moment of 2019. Very good. That's the best moment of the decade. That's from Jesse from Pro Wrestling Scorecards. We all know how Jesse, smart he is. Jesse, that's the best moment ever in pro wrestling out of any wrestling promotion that's ever existed in the face of the fucking planet. Cork. <laughs> smells like champagne. <laughs> A little bit of champagne. A little bit of the bubbly. Thank you. Smells like Jericho's balls. Really? Oh my God! He has the balls of the bubbly, bubbly balls. I don't know if you want your balls bubbly, folks. I don't know if you want that. All right, let's go to. So- Could you hurry up and pour? <laughs> Jesus, fuck, man! Smitty's taking a year and a half to pour a fucking. I don't need a whole glass, dog. <laughs> Full shit. Come on, man, hurry up! I'm drinking out the bottle. <laughs> You're not drinking out of the bottle. Jesus Christ. Should have shook it before he popped it. Jesse says, you bet, Nick. Best moment of the year. God damn. Decade. Bam. All right. Pow. Cheers. Happy New Year, BDR. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2020. New Year. Ooh. Same us. This shit tastes like ass and acorns. I'm just kidding. It tastes like champagne. All right. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. All right, Smitty. Number three. On your best male wrestler of 2019. 2019. Is there any orange juice? Uh, number three on best male wrestler of 2019 is Cody. Why is he number three? Uh, not the best wrestler, just everything he's done in 2019 as a personality. And in fact, he's probably one of the most over guys in professional wrestling right now. So you're telling me your best, your number three best male wrestler of the year is a guy not because of wrestling. Okay? Snick. <laughs> Give me your number three, my snicker. I'm going to go with. Love Snickers. With my people, Kofi Kingston. Oh, number three on the number year. Three. Why? That's a, that's a hot take, brother. I wouldn't. That's a woo. He's my five. Damn, that's even hotter because you know why. Yeah, because me loves the brothers. I would say he's number three because, I mean, number three is a prestigious. Yeah, it's spot. up there, right? <clears throat> but you're standing at the podium. I don't think that it would have happened had other things happened. So at the start like if, of the year, there were a couple injuries that kind of 
squeezed him into that picture. That dude broke it so much he lost his first name. It, it strapped him to the moon. Right. Now, that's not taking that much away from it, but it takes a little bit away from me because while I think it was definitely his time, it was overdue, it just kind of took away a little bit of the luster for me. Okay. All right. Uh, my number three is Dana the – uh, no, that's Batista's number one. Okay. <laughs> that's where he's been right. on TV so much. So my number three is the current NXT champion, Mr. Adam Cole. Baby. Um, I have him at number three because a couple things. First off, the match quality that Adam Cole has had this year has been spectacular. It's two out of three falls match with Johnny Gargano. Holy shit. Um, how he acted in war games, how he, you know, how he performed at war games, only then to go on to Survivor Series, which was post everything he did with Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown and Raw, respectively. Adam Cole has been a match bout top contender, right? You just, you look at this year and you're like, God damn, Adam Cole is always up there in a conversation that you're having. Right, it's not the upper echelon because my number two, I think, is the work rate number upper echelon. Um, I'm just you. You can't talk about male wrestlers in 2019 and not talk about Adam Cole. He's just too damn good. NXT champion, second ever uh, triple crown NXT cha- uh, champion. You know, right after Gargano, he took it from Gargano, literally. So I just – I don't think that you can, again, have a 2019 conversation about male wrestlers and not have Adam Cole in your top three, in my personal opinion. Number two on the best male wrestlers of 2019, Anthony Christopher Smith. Oh, nigga, don't be using my, my government name out here like that. 2020 <laughs> New Year, new name. No, that's the name I've had my entire fucking life. See what happens when you steal shit? For you on BDR. That's right. Steal some shit again. Now everyone knows where to find you. <laughs> Smitty's address is 72946. Uh, never mind. Somerset. I don't know. <laughs> I actually know what street he lives on, and it's not Somerset. It's Devonshire. Go ahead, Smitty. He's already sandwiching my street right now. 248 392. No. It's number two for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho. Jericho, number two. Why do you have Chris motherfucking Le Champion, Lil Bit of the Bubbly motherfucking Jericho? And number two for yourself, Smitty. Just Jericho just like is redefined, like just is usually redefined himself in 2019. Had great matches. has some great matches with a lot of young guys. Did it's, it's just doing his damn thing. Jericho loves the young boys. No, say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the guy's got himself and almost anybody else he's been in that ring went over. All right. Nick, <clears throat> the dick. Me? You. Give me your number deuce for 21999. I'm going to drop a deuce. <gasps> Who is it? I'm going to say I Adam Cole. Adam Cole's your number two. He's my All number right. two. Um, Like you were saying, the match quality... First of all, that match with Gargano in NXT New York was fire. Fucking flame and fire. Fire. Um, fire. Everything leading up to Survivor Series with the matches that he had on Raw and SmackDown, uh, 
NXT TakeOver, Survivor Series, the things he did with Undisputed Era, uh, his promos, just the way he's over with the crowd, all of it. Just, I mean, it was a toss-up between him and my number one, and I, I could flip-flop depending on my mood, but definitely my number in my top three. Number two sounds do you, good. Do you have any flip-flops? Uh, I've got two pair. Two pairs. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Give me two pair. Mm-hmm. That's why. I need two pair. Fair. Get to sleep. Uh, my number two is not anybody that. Well, let's all hold on before we go. We're gonna talk. Greg Johnson posted his top three. What's up, Greg? Greg. Number Actually, number Greg, three, no. Adam Cole. I don't care where you know him from. Number two, Kofi Motherfucking Kingston, and number one, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Hot take there, Greg. Hot take with Bray Wyatt at number one of the year. Uh, my number two is a guy that is not wrestling in the States unless that company travels to the States, Mr. Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is a man who, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, has been in some uh, quite a few of the top matches of the year, right? Um, there is his performance. There's... Uh, at G1 Climax, that was really good. I believe he went 9-1-1. One, and one. Uh, I think I could be wrong on that. I, maybe I'm just thinking of the last night final record. Um, he is just been great. Uh, his best best of the Super Juniors. He uh, won best of the Super Juniors. Yep, won best of the Super Juniors. And his match for, with Bandito in that is considered one of the top matches of the year. Uh, especially the G1 Climax, uh, his match with Okada is considered one of the top matches of the year as well. So when you're in two different matches with two different opponents and you're cons- and these matches are considered some of the top of the year, you really have to think maybe it's the wrestler too. So Will Ospreay, in my honest opinion, worker in the ring is the best male wrestler of 2019. But the only reason he's not number one is because he's not and it's kind of a spoiler. He hasn't transcended his business. He is not. Um, he, he's amazing to watch. There's look. He's amazing to watch. But because he hasn't transcended the match quality in New Japan to be more of a conversation, other than his f- Twitter feud with Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. but that's because a global guy put you on to something, right? He acknowledged you. So Seth Rollins kind of put. Will Ospreay into a bigger light there. But again, great call because Will Ospreay deserves it. So Will Ospreay is my number two of the year. Um, again, so Greg did it on our comments. So we want to know, guys, if you're watching live, you know, we got quite a few of you. Uh, we want to know your top three male wrestlers your, uh, of 2019, who you thought was the best. Smitty, your number one in your male wrestler category of 2019 is? I actually went to Adam Cole. Especially with everything he's done on, on the improv leading up to the Survivor Series bill. Okay. And that was uh, one of the things that kind of put, like, just stuff he's had to do on an improv tip, pretty much. On the tip. Um, okay. That's a good <clears throat> explanation. Nick, your number one male wrestler of 2019. It could be a bit of a hot take for some people. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, Samir Singh. <clears throat> Um, no. She's gonna sing his praises. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jericho. All right, because to me, wrestler 
encompasses obviously in ring work, Mm -hmm. but everything you're doing from your promos to what you're doing for the business to what you're doing to put other people over. I think that he's just one of the most well-rounded people of 2019. Um, What he's done for AEW, whether you like them or not, and whether you think that they're going to succeed or not, he's definitely helped them get to a level that they're being talked about in the way they are. He hasn't put on some of the best matches, but he's put on some very good <coughs> matches this year. So that's why I think it could be a hot take because, you know, he's not along the lines of what, you know, you guys had said, like Smitty with Adam Cole. Obviously, I think Cole's put on some better matches, but just as an overall package, Chris Jericho for 2019. All right. Um, <clears throat> my number one wrestler for 2019 is a guy that not many people have heard of. Um, but it's just, it's ridiculous how good he is. And that is, uh, Chris Jericho. I don't know if you guys have heard about this guy. This guy, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho is, uh, the AEW, uh, champion, right? He's a champion. Yep. Yeah. Lay champion. Um, no, basically everything, same thing, Nick, what, everything you said. For, it's spectacular what Chris Jericho has done for this business. And that's the only reason he's above Osprey. <clears throat> it's not because, <clears throat> excuse me, geez, God damn. his match quality. Because if we're just going, who's the better match quality performer? Osprey all day. Sure. Right. And I said, that was, we were just going to play yeah. or match quality. Like Michael Elgin would be one of my top three as well. Exactly. I agree, Smitty. Um, but Chris Jericho has done for AEW what Hogan did for WCW, right? WCW, when Bischoff took it over, it was still world championship wrestling, right? It was all right. It was floating water pretty much. But when he got, when he got Hulk Hogan, it changed. People started paying a little bit of attention because it's Hulk Hogan. This is an iconic character, right? And then yeah, brother. WCW went on to be one of the best promotions for a couple of years. And then WWE was like, no, pee on you. <laughs> and then they peed and drowned R. him. Kelly'd. Right. Yeah. They are Kelly, WCW, and drowned him to death. To molested. Death. Say molested and to peed. Death. Yes. They and add a little, bit, add a little Ted Bundy. The, shut up. <laughs> beat him in the ratings. New Year's, same fucking Smitty. <laughs> Won't stop talking. You think I cut your mic, but I didn't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Chris Jericho coming out and saying he was a full-time member of AEW changed that promotion starting up. Let's be very honest. Him hitting that that podium at that uh, event, people were like, oh, shit, I know that name. And it's very well they should. Without even having a match. Because in the last fucking decade, Chris Jericho has switched himself and changed himself so much that you just... I mean, come on, man. The Festival of Friendship is WWE stuff. And that's something Chris Jericho had to fight for because Vince wasn't there that day. Triple H was running the show. And Triple H was like, no, nope, you're not doing this. You're not doing this that way. And Chris is like, "Uh, I'm going to call Vince because I got approval already for all this. And he had to call Vince and Vince had to tell Mr. Levesque because that's Triple H's real name. He had to tell him, wasn't here, damn it. That festival of friendship is going to be good shit. Good shit. That's Mr. Chris Jericho is amazing. You hear Fozzie? I love Fozzie. <laughs> Let him do what he's doing. Waka waka. And so that is all Chris Jericho's waka waka. mind. And it's, it, and that's the thing. It's Chris Jericho 
like you said, Nick, all the shit that he's done, but his mind is something that you can see honestly out there in the open in AEW. Him as the champion is the smartest fucking call they could have made because when they went to live television, people were like, I know that guy who's holding the belt. Mm-hmm. I love Hangman Page. I'm not trying to shit on Hangman Page, kind of, because that motherfucker still hasn't watched Shawshank Redemption. Still. Still. It's 2020. You bastard. And that bitch hasn't watched Shawshank Redemption. So I commented on his post on Twitter, and I said, and you wonder why you weren't chosen as champion. Think we found it. That's why you're not champion. You're not Shawshank, man. Hang, man. Yo, cowboy shit. It ain't prison break shit. Spoilers. (laughs) 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 But, again, Chris Jericho, the name, what he's done. Like Smitty said, he is a guy that is putting so many people over. You know what I'm saying? He is – it's – Look, Chris Jericho should be around your number one in any category for the best male wrestler of 2019. And if he's not, you're honestly doing yourself a disservice. Honestly, because you need to pay attention to this dude. I can't wait to see what he does in 2020. I honestly can't. Because I think, I mean, okay, not can't. He's already done stuff. Wrestle Mm -hmm. Kingdom 14. He won the match at Wrestle Kingdom 14 over Tanahashi. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yes, it was Tanahashi. Um, It's... And, and then he made a post, put up on Twitter. The forbidden door has been slammed shut because there's the talk. You know, oh, yeah. Japan, they're going to work with AEW, but they got to work with ROH. Blah, 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 blah. I thought Jericho was going to lose. Not because I thought that door was going to be open right away, but a little bit later in the year. So it's very possible that it happens. Look, all I'm saying is Chris Jericho is doing things in other promotions, in his current promotion, and he is your number one guy, and he's making other people look good as well. That's smart wrestling, smart booking by Cody and the Bucks and Kenny. Right and smart playing it up by Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, number one male wrestler, 2019, Mikey's list, the all Mikey ones list, and Nick's list. And mine. Wasn't Smitty's list, though. Number two on mine. Smitty hates Jericho. Anyway, next category we are going to talk about is the best female wrestler of 2019. What, Smitty? Why are you laughing? Because we already had the conversation here, you already knew who mine was. Oh, I already, he didn't even tell me, and I knew his number one was. But I want to know who your number three is, sir. Uh, my number three was Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Why Rhea Ripley, sir? Because Rhea Ripley, pretty much until this year, was kind of a relatively unknown. And uh, from watching her, everything she's done in NXT UK, as becoming um, the inaugural NXT Women's Champion. Was that this year? No, that was last year. Last was, year? was it last year and this year? I've become uh, inaugural <laughs> NXT Women's Champion, and then being the first person to win both NXT Women's Championships. And she's also put on great matches throughout the last year. Okay. With everybody she's worked with. Oh, all right. Uh, Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. I, I got to agree, honestly. Number three? Number three. All right. Um, you know, yeah, she's done a lot this year. She's done a lot fast. Um, Not too fast for me. But nice. I, I do like where she's going. I liked her from the minute I saw her. When uh, one of the first times was when we went back, back in what was it March to NXT in Royal Oak. Um, <clears throat> when I saw her live, um, she had a match against Tony Storm that was really good. NXT UK. Um, she's just doing a lot of really good things for that division right now, and she definitely deserves to be in that top three. Um, I don't agree. Fine. I don't agree with either of you. Rhea Ripley isn't even in my top three. And here's why. Because my number three is the girl that Rhea Ripley took the belt off of, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler has been dominant 
in the women's division in NXT the entire fucking year. More than the year, right? Shayna Baszler has been so dominant that because of her dominance, everyone wanted to see Rhea Ripley beat her. Rhea Ripley had a great end to 2019, right? She started off 2019 dropping that NXT UK Women's Championship. I'm not saying Rhea Ripley's bad. As a matter of fact, she might be number four on my list. But she wasn't dominant enough to me the entire year. Shayna Baszler was. And again, Stefan, what's up? Stefan says hello, everybody. Say Stefan. Stefan. What up, nigga? We want to know everybody. We want to know everybody. Speed. Everybody's uh, top three male wrestlers. Top three male rest- female wrestlers of 2019. Male wrestlers. Give me your best match, man. We want to know everybody. Talk to me, dogs. And dogettes. But yes, <clears throat> Shayna Baszler. I'm glad you didn't say <laughs> dogs and <laughs> bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but I was like, no. Bitches. Dog gets. <laughs> but yes, Shayna Baszler in 2019, <clears throat> when uh, NXT came up and fucking did shit to WWE roster, people knew Shayna Baszler, right? She transcended NXT. <clears throat> Not a lot, right? But enough to where it was transcending. So I can't say that Rhea Ripley would have had a better end of the year if it wasn't for the Shayna Baszler build in NXT. So, again, that's why I would put Shayna Baszler above Rhea Ripley. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I'm not not even saying you don't deserve to have Rhea Ripley in a conversation of the top, because she does. does. If you're doing top five, I guarantee you Rhea Ripley would be in my. Number two, Smitty. Your number two best female wrestler of 20 mother. Fucking 19. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Look at you. All right. Just makes me laugh my ass off at your number one then. Go ahead. Why Charlotte Flair? Uh, just Charlotte's just Charlotte. She's one of the best female performers probably of in, in a long time. It, but it's like I feel like the only reason she's my number two is because I feel like she's pigeonholed by the way the WWE women's division is. Okay. Nick, I actually have as my number two Shayna Baszler. Okay. For many of the reasons that you said, because she had such a dominant 2019. Uh, some of the best women's matches, um, NXT TakeOver 25 against Io Shirai. Um, she had that match with Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane that was insane. Um, <laughs> I heard you did there. <laughs> it's the... And I don't think necessarily taking a loss, you know, it doesn't like knock you down a peg. It does something for Rhea Ripley. So she went out of 2019 with a bang, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, number two, Shayna motherfucking Baszler. Nice. My number two is a girl that is doing something that no other girls, women, anything are doing in professional wrestling right now and that is being in the number one spot for the main title of a of a show of a promotion tessa fucking blanchard that's why you laughed (laughs) number two for me that's not why i laughed i'll tell you why i laughed in a minute well my number one uh number two for me because again what she's about to do reason she's number two and not number one is because if she does win this at Hard to Kill this coming Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, in Impact, if she becomes that first woman 
to win Impact's top belt, that transcends the business. That is something that nobody's doing. Not a single person is doing. However, she hasn't done it yet. That being said, the talk of it is starting to start rumblings. When it happens, it'll totally change things. But right now, Tessa Blanchard, one, work rate spectacular. You watch any fucking match Tessa Blanchard has, and you can go, man, that's a really fucking Tessa good match. Tessa Gale came at Rebellion. Look, all I'm saying is you need to fucking pay attention to Tessa Blanchard. If there's any reason to start watching Impact Wrestling right fucking now, it's Tessa Blanchard. There's a bunch of other things going on. Rich Swan is having an amazing career in Impact Wrestling right now. Sammy Callahan is running shit as the Impact World Champion right now. And one of the best heels <clears throat> in the business. Look, there's so many other reasons that will keep you hooked. Why am I not watching? But if there's anything that you need to pay attention <laughs> to Impact Wrestling for, it's definitely Tessa Blanchard. Watch what she does at Hard to Kill this Saturday. Even if she loses, it's a fucking feat that nobody is doing. There's no women, f- woman, woman, woman in any promotion Anywhere this will be the fighting s- for the number one belt. This will also be the second time that her and Sammy Callahan have made a event in a pay-per-view together. Biggity bam, baby. Tessa Blanchard, my number two female wrestler of 2019. Smitty, who's your number one female wrestler of 2019? Tessa. <laughs> like, 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 Tessa's, she's out here breaking those glass. She's shattering those proverbial glass ceilings. And if she wins on Saturday, it's, it, like you just said, it, it's the best way to say it, it's a game changer for the business in general. Um, she wouldn't be the first woman to vie for a top championship because uh, Sexy Star did it. Lucha Underground actually mm-hmm. won, but Lucha Underground was uh, we found out was just a shit show and a half afterwards. Right. But uh, so, but this is also Impact's been around f- for a while, and this is something that's never been done right. in a promotion, a long running promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, your number one female wrestler. Well, not as exciting as uh, <clears throat> Tessa Blanchard, only because, and you know, I, I probably would have given her an honorable honorable mention, only because I'm not as familiar with her as you mm-hmm. guys. But based on everything you hear, which is factual evidence that she should definitely be on many people's lists, number one. Um, however, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I'm sorry, just from what I'm familiar with, I gotta go with Becky Lynch. Okay. Um, what she's helped do for that women's division over the last year in WWE specifically, um, as a, I, I guess at this point you could call her a female version of Stone Cold, not to his, not to his level, but just as a character that she doesn't take any shit from anybody, whether you're a face or a heel. She, has improved her mic skills tremendously for me going I'm not saying she's a heel but just her whole attitude and demeanor the way it changed over the last year or so has improved helped improve those mic skills she's good in the ring I don't think she's great but again it's a a whole total package Mm -hmm. for me so I had to go with Becky Lynch number one and I'm in the same exact place that you are number one Becky Lynch Mm -hmm. the man the reason, again, just like you said, she's transcending the business right now. First, one of the first three women to ever main event WrestleMania. The woman who won, the man who won WrestleMania's main event for the first time. No matter how and she the, did it, she did it. She won. You don't have to talk about the ending, but that match itself was spec was was good. It was a really good match, but it was also history making. Something that did transcend 
the business. Every business. That's what I'm saying. And that's what it is. Jericho did that with AEW, for AEW. Becky Lynch is doing that again with WWE. There's a reason Becky Lynch is all fucking over the place, right? She is the first female face of the company. She is deservedly where she is because of her mic skills, because of how she talks, because of the match quality. Is she better than Tessa Blanchard in the match quality? Nope, not to me. I'm sorry, she's not. But Jericho isn't better than Will Ospreay in the match quality, mm-hmm. in my opinion, either. The bottom line is, though, Becky Lynch is doing stuff that no one else is doing, and that is getting people talking. You can shit talk all you want about some of WWE stuff. Becky Lynch, I believe, is still the only title holder from WrestleMania to still have their belt. Yeah. I don't want them. <laughs> Who's the other? I said they have one of them. She was back, Doesn't matter. Down. She won a belt at a WrestleMania joke. and still had. She may have lost the SmackDown Women's Championship, but that Raw Championship she took at WrestleMania and still has it. Becky Lynch is just really good, really good, and will really well rounded and making everybody talk. Problem is, there's Becky Glitch. She's face of WK, WWE 2K2020. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> so there's also that. There's You got your negatives, but it's all stupid stuff outside of it. Think about it. Every time that we've watched a pay-per-view, right, that, that tag match is bad. But <laughs> I don't think that's on her. I really don't. I honestly, we all talked about it. We that TLC match. It seemed like it went forever because it seemed like there was a lot of things that had to be put in on the fly when Kyrie Sane kind of died, <laughs> right? So it's not all her fault. I don't think it's any of those four women's fault. It's something happened, threw it all off, and they're like, "Shit, damn it!" It's a very put together uh, match. Um, so Lynch herself has been in every any match that you've watched her on pay-per-view, there are matches you want her to lose when she took on Sasha Banks a couple times. You're like, oh, I want Sasha to win. But you're not pissed that she's still the champion. You, a lot of times you're like, God damn it. Just because when you watch faces, faces you're not supposed to be mad at are the champion still. You might want them to lose sometimes because you're getting kind of sour on them. But Becky Lynch, you're like, oh, but then you're all right, wait, all right with it. And this leading up feud with Asuka at Royal Rumble? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch versus Asuka? Yeah. You mean to tell me that's what 2019 brought me into 2020? Thank you. Right. God damn, I can't wait for the Royal Rumble because of that. January 26th, we see it at B-Dubs with us at our big party. Pow. <laughs> Pow. So, again, three, two, and one, Smitty, for you for the female wrestler. Did I already give you that? No, yeah, I just want you to recite it. So we get, your number three is? Uh, Rhea. Uh-huh. Number two? Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Tessa. Nick. Rhea, Shayna B, and Becky Glitch. And Shayna Baszler is my number three. Tessa Blanchard, number two, and Becky Lynch is number one. The reason I was laughing, Smitty, is because you don't have Becky on this list, and I don't understand why. She is, but honestly, I'm just, when it comes to me and female wrestling, I feel like the women are pigeonholed by just still being looked at as women. They're not looked at in the same light as some of the men are. I, I gotta, I gotta say, you're wrong there, man, because of what Becky's doing outside of it. Like it's, if you're, you just said it. She's the first female face of the company. That you're right there. You're no longer pigeonholed into under the men because you're, te- you're above every man in that fucking uh, company. So I, I feel like you're fighting your own argument. Let's <laughs> see. I, I watched, I watched stuff like the Mexican stuff in Mexico, and I watch and I watch Impact where they have women actually out there fighting on par with the guys. 
Okay. And I think that's what I mean by I said they picked their pigeonhole. Because she's not fighting men? But do you want to say, if you want to put these women on the same level as the men, have them in there with the men. I don't always want to see women fight men, dude. I'm sorry. I'm not saying you don't always have to. Right. So while it's doing great in impact, I think it would be shit in WWE. Yeah. I think the best you get is your mixed max challenge. I don't, WWE is a land of fucking huge dudes, man. You start getting a woman in it. Like Sam Callahan's five fucking eight, dude. Five foot eight. He's a beefcake, but he's five fucking eight. You start, you, know, you tell me you want to see Becky Lynch fight Brock Lesnar? You want to see Becky Lynch fight Braun Strowman? <laughs> Roman Reigns? Like, she going to die. <laughs> Kyrie Sane and Baron now, Corbin. Now, granted, you put Ronda Rousey there? Maybe. With yeah. Roman. Maybe. I'm not even Brock or Braun. Sorry. R- Ronda Rousey will definitely take on more of the dudes than any other woman in WWE. Period. But your top dudes, your big dudes, I can, I can see Becky versus Bray. Becky versus Bray I'd like to watch. Right, but any other match, man, with those top guys, she's gonna die. Yeah, there's a couple. Like, there's a couple female wrestlers that could that could right. go toe to toe. But yeah, with some of these bigger dudes like that, I, I I I think Impact's a great promotion for the intergender because I, again, there's a there's some people that don't want to see intergender at all. They hate it. They think it makes everything look fake. And I'm just like, the minute I think a woman can't beat my ass and end up in the MMAs, sorry, the minute a a regular. I think Serena Williams could kick my ass, mm-hmm. right? She's not a fighter. Ass. She's a tennis <laughs> player. She's a fucking tennis player. And I'm like, Serena Williams kicked my ass. I know that as a man. So I know that women can beat men. Impact is a great promotion for it. I even think NWA is a good promotion for it. Some of the guys they have in there. I'm not saying Nick Aldis because I think Nick Aldis is kind of a bigger beefcake, you know. But I wouldn't mind seeing Allison K take on fucking Aaron Stevens. I wouldn't mind seeing Allison K, you know, take on a couple of the other people. In NWA. Or Thunder Rosa versus someone like Ricky Starks. Right. She's yeah. an MMA fighter as well. You know, it's there's certain women that can do it. And I honestly feel that Impact is a great thing for intergender. I think WWE is horrible for intergender. Mm-hmm. At least if on the top level. And so that's why I think that your argument kind of holds no water. And that's fine. I, I understand your opinion. I'm, I'm not even saying you're wrong here, Smitty. Normally I just say you're wrong. I understand your opinion. I, I, I just don't think it holds water because of... The difference in companies and what they have built as big guys, top stars, top people. Honestly, I would like to see Jordan Grace versus Brian Cage. If it, Dude, I think Jordan Grace is an amazing wrestler. I think she's amazing on Impact, and I yes, I agree. I would love to see. I would love to see her take on a couple of the dudes. All right, let's move on to the best match of 2019. Number three matches. Number three, Smitty, give it to me, baby. Um. Actually had Jay White versus Kota Ibushi in a G1 Climax final. Who? Jay White versus Kota versus Kota Ibushi in a G1 Climax final. Okay, why do you feel this is your number three? Because just the match quality in general, and uh, just Kota, like Kota Ibushi usually is really flashy, and he just had a straight, kind of a straight wrestling match with Jay White. And uh, Jay White is, I think, is one of the most underrated heels in professional wrestling right now. Okay. And then uh, Jay White's a phenomenal in-ring hand. T- <laughs> I thought you were done talking. And the, those <laughs> two guys. The, 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 Did it sound like he was done? <laughs> and, and, and I feel like it, it was a match that was worthy of the G1 final. Okay. Uh, Nick. Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> great storyline. Great build. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I knew that they wouldn't take it away from him, but there was a second that WWE 
had me sitting on the edge of my seat thinking that it was possible that they could take that match away from Kofi leading mm-hmm. up. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Bryan is great in the ring. Kofi's great in the ring. It just was a great story and a great moment for WWE and a great moment for that community. You know what I mean? Right. Get and you know, you see that the, community. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like WWE has been one to not give, you know, the black stars that chance for me. Okay. At, from time to time. And to put him on that stage, that was a great moment. Okay. And when you see the look on, um, Xavier Woods' face, I mean, he was crying when they were, that was, oh, I cried. That, that's a really great moment. It was hard to even put that at three, but I agree. I'll be very honest. There, I don't think, um, I don't think that we're going to have a single wrong answer for the best match because the best match is something that is 100% pure opinion based. You can't, you, you you can't say that this matters more than this match or this match is better than that because there's a lot of emotion involved in these matches, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'll be very honest. I don't think it is, but I would, I would not look at Smitty and go, you're an idiot. If he put that match at his number one, right? Because I also agree that is way different for us as cracker ass crackers. Mm hmm. Versus the African American community, sure. right? You saw that. We, there was a group of us crying yes, when Kofi was, won. We were there yeah. at WrestleMania party at the, at the beat ups. Like it was that we, even us, man. Like we had to take a second and regroup ourselves just to get back to what we were supposed to be. When doing. When it grabs you like that, right? That is, that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Sometimes wrestling will have amazing stories, amazing finishes, and I agree. That match was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh. I will say though, it's not even in my top three. It wasn't in my even, but they, they so, had a spot somewhere. But I will say that the emotion of this match is the reason why it was number three for me. And at double or nothing, Cody and Dustin, that match, watching it live, I was there live, rewatching it again on pay per view, it, it the emotion of watching those two brothers who have 2014 was it they had a match in WWE and everyone was like mm-hmm. right it was a fucking stinker so it's not like you went into the, the double or nothing thinking okay Cody and Dustin going to be show stealer nope they were and they it was one of the things that made you go WWE needs to change some stuff because Dustin 50s is he in his 50s, 50s. yeah Cody is his younger brother right Upper 30s, lower 40s. I don't know exactly. Lower th- are these like mid 30s? So 30s? these are two guys that should not have a match, steal it, steal it, show stealing match, right? But they did because there were things in this match that were amazing. A Canadian destroyer, you know, the blood. It does. That's still busting that one out. Right. Still it's it's yeah. the bottom line the is that two. Sorry, one guy. Let's be very not two guys because I would never in my life. Think Cody Rhodes is going to have a show stealing match. I will think that Cody Rhodes is going to have a good match. I will think it's going to be damn near blemish free. But I have never once in my life, even watching, even watching his stuff post WWE, where he did have more freedom, have gone. God damn, Cody Rhodes, match of the fucking best male wrestler of the year, right? No, I haven't. Me personally. Smitty has him on his list of top three male wrestlers in 2019 because of the things he's done outside of the ring. 
You know? So, but this match, watching it, everybody who watched it, you sit there and, and especially at the end, you know, that promo at the end. So that's why it's my number three match. Cody and Dustin, double or nothing. Uh, Smitty, you're number two. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls. NXT TakeOver to New York. Why? It, it's like what you just said with Cody. Like, it was one of those pretty much almost blemish-free matches, and it went, like, went over an hour. Mm-hmm. And it, I really, it, it was one of those matches that emotionally invested you. Right. Nick, my number two was Cody and Dustin. <clears throat> um, I didn't see that match in 2014 that you had mentioned. Um, Not many people did. I think it was a SummerSlam match. Yeah. It was a SummerSlam like pre-show or right at the beginning. Yeah, it was. It was not. Beginning. It wasn't good. And to be honest, I wasn't really all that overly excited to see it at double or nothing. I just like, okay, cool. There's a, that's a, Are you that's saying a good match you were and, more all out than all in? I, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> Stupid. But by the time the match started and by the time it, we were halfway through and by the end of the match with that promo, I mean, it, everything just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And that right there was one of the moments that I was like, okay, if this is the type of shit that we can expect to see from AEW, then this is going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, yeah, uh, definitely that was the match of the night. That's one of the matches of the year. Uh, my number two is exactly what Smitty has as number two. Cole versus Gargano. Two out of three falls take over New York. Same thing Smitty said. I, I really can't go into any further of it other than just it was it was a classic finish to a great feud and definitely deserving of the ending and what has transpired since was a great call by Triple H in NXT for NXT. So I won't even go any further into that because I think Smitty encapsulated that perfectly. Number one, best match of 2019, Smitty. <laughs> what you guys had at three and two. This, I was just that emotionally invested in the match was great as well. What? Uh, the Rhodes brothers versus each other, double Just, or nothing. Yep, double or nothing. <laughs> like, like when you when you uh, suggested this, like I was like trying my best to get something that did. That, that was the first thing that came in my head when it came to twenty nineteen, yeah. the best match, and I kept roaming through. I went through websites and I'll start looking up matches. Like, oh, that, remember, that was good. That was good, but nothing captured me as much as this match did, especially the end promo mm-hmm. and um, the the finish and like. Like the build of it, like Dustin's like, this is my last ride. This is my last, this, like the store. It was just almost perfect. Yeah. And if, like Nick said, if it, it kind of made you think this is what AEW is going to be. Yeah. Even, I, I kind of agree that isn't like AEW is coming up. Sh- like, I think Double or Nothing set the bar too high for AEW at times. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that 100%. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, Nick, your number one match of 2019. My number one match is what you guys had at number two, um, Cole Gargano. Um, for me, this one, for, for some people, especially me, I wanted to see Cole with that title. And had Ciampa not gotten injured, I don't think we would have obviously seen it as soon as we did. Um, but the match quality, both dudes worked tremendously in the ring. There were so many close falls in that match that really brought you off of your seat 
in, in a way that you really get when you watch, you know, sports, you know, that I just was completely invested in one of the matches of the year that had me more excited than any other. I mean, it just, it was great. Fantastic. Can't really say too much more because you both hit the nail on the head. Nice. Uh, my number one match um, is a match that also has my number two male wrestler of the year in it. And that is uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay at the G1 Climax. Um, this is a match that you could watch not knowing any storyline for New Japan and you will sit there and see how it starts off technically strong with counter, with wrestling moves, moves into high spots that work with the match, that have focus, a storyline in them, to spots that you, I don't think I personally have ever seen. So if you don't know anything about New Japan, Okada's finisher is the Rainmaker clothesline. He gets behind you. He wraps his left arm to get your like right arm. Yeah. And opens you up and brings you in for a clothesline with his right arm. And that's his finisher. Yeah. Ripcord clothesline finisher. So if you, it, that sets up one of the best counters I've ever seen to that. And it's because it's Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay turned that into a standing Spanish fly. He literally just flipped over and connected a Spanish fly on the fucking mat. He didn't jump from a rope. Nothing. And I'm just like, holy shit, that may be That's one of the, the best assassin. counters <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Randy Orton countering the fucking uh, curb stomp into an RKO at WrestleMania 31. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, what was it? When he launched him off, Seth off his back. Yeah, because uh, Seth cashed in at the end yeah. of that one. Yeah. Because um, that was the opening match to the main card of WrestleMania 31, I believe. It was 31. If not, I could, but it's a WrestleMania moment. One of the best counters I had ever seen. Everyone at the time, you're looking at it like, holy shit, it's the best RKO, right? Because Randy is known for the out of nowhere RKOs because they're supposed to, they're mostly counters. His finisher is basically a counter. Well, Osprey does that RKO. It's a cutter, but he jumps off the bottom, the he, middle rope. Middle rope goes the ass cutter. Yeah, and then hit the hits hits the fucking cutter. And he hit one. He jumped off the barricade and hit one right in this match. Uh, it's it was the end of this match was one of the best finishes to a match I have seen, let alone the entirety of this match. I'm, everybody needs to go fucking watch this match, right? If you don't know when it happened, it was July 20th of this year, the middle of the year, the G1 Climax. So if you have New Japan, if you don't have New Japan, find it. July 20th, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, watch that match, and I dare you to tell me it's not one of the best matches you've ever seen. Uh, a lot of people ranked it really high this year. Uh, I'm really mad that I agree with Dave Meltzer that it's the best match of the year. But it's just so good to watch. We all know Dave Meltzer has a hard on for New Japan, right? But at the same time, I, knowing that Dave Meltzer has a hard on for New Japan and AEW is the same reason why I hate agreeing with him sometimes because I don't want to feel like I'm falling into Meltzer. But I can't argue; it's just a damn good fucking match. Okada Osprey G1 Climax. 
All right, so let's do a quick rundown again of your top match, top three matches of the year. Smitty, number three, two, and one. Three, Abushi uh, versus White G One Climax. Number two, two out of three falls. Gargano, Cole, NXT Takeover, New York. Number one, Cody Dustin, double or nothing. Nick, hey, Kofi and Brian at WrestleMania. Uh, number two was. Um, Cody and Dustin at Double or Nothing, and number one, Adam Cole, baby, and Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver New York. Number three for me, Cody and Dustin at Double or Nothing. Number two, Cole and Gargano, two out of three falls, TakeOver New York. And number one, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, G1 Climax. Let's go into the best pay-per-views of 2019. Number three for you, Smitty. Uh, number three, I had Survivor Series. Okay, Survivor Series. Uh, it was Survivor Series. I feel like it was like a breakout for NXT coming up to like the uh onto network television. It was a nice breakout for them. Um, there's a lot of people that you probably didn't know of, of that like got some major exposure and got over real heavy. Guys like Keith Lee, girls like Rhea Ripley. Um, they got some uh like Io Shirai. Those people got some nice little shine throughout the whole weekend, especially at Survivor Series. Uh, and just uh, Cole say Cole Dunn was a fucking instant classic. Nice. All right, Nick. <sighs> Number three, <clears throat> double or nothing. All right. Um, a lot of hype going into it, and um. For me, it started off a, a little. It was unfamiliar because I wasn't really too familiar with a lot of the faces in there. But makes sense why it's unfamiliar. You know, right? Um, but the build throughout the whole pay per view just kept getting better and better and better. Um, and then you know all the talk about Moxley is he or isn't he? And then you know there was um, there was like a, a time. At the end of that Jericho match against Omega, where I did think, okay, he's not coming because Jericho was in the ring long enough to where it was like, okay, they're about to go off the air here. This is, and then all of a sudden, camera pans to the crowd. That was one of the moments of the year, and it was Moxley. And I did, I marked out. I was like, holy shit, this is happening. He's there. That all encompassed a really good pay per view. And my number three for the year. Nice, man. Uh, my number three for 2019 is WrestleMania. Uh, this WrestleMania, historic, as we said many times earlier, the triple threat women's match to main event WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston getting his win over Daniel Bryan. And I agree, one of the better matches of the year. Daniel Bryan definitely put on a clinic with Kofi Kingston in that match. Uh, starting off with a lot, so many people wanted to see Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar to kick off WrestleMania. What a way to start yeah. that fucking pay-per-view. That pay-per-view was really good top to bottom. You can remember the first match, you remember stuff in the middle, and you remember the last match. And that's what any pay-per-view should be. Something that takes you on an emotional roller coaster, has its it, it, good ebb and flows, ups and, ups and downs, and the fight, the fiend. His entrance. Mm -hmm. That's the first time we saw that. Oh. Uh. Kane. Twice. 
You came. WrestleMania you saw, you came again. in 2019 was one of the best pay-per-views out there, period. Smitty, your number two pay-per-view <laughs> of 2019. My number two was WrestleMania as well. I knew it. It was WrestleMania. And that was more so, like, like you said, the emotional investment I had, especially with Kofi winning. And that moment alone, I don't think I, until I went back and watched it again, I don't remember anything else that happened on that show. Until I had to go back, until I went back and watched it. And that, and uh, when it comes to Professor Wrestling, if you can emotionally, if you can capture me emotionally that much, I was, I, out of all the wrestling I've watched over the years, and I like just gonna make a moment to capture me and keep me invest and invest me in that much into your product. That's special. Mm-hmm. You special, and <laughs> and that's why WrestleMania. Like you had the one moment, but then I go back and watch it. Like oh, that was still that was still pretty. That was still good. That was still good. Mm-hmm. But that one moment, that one WrestleMania moment, you have, and then uh, even the main event. Like I like the main event, and it was good. Mm-hmm. The botch finished. We. We could beat that dead horse as right. many times as we want to, but overall, overall good. good. <clears throat> You're number two, Nick. <clears throat> I do have to agree with both of you. WrestleMania. Um, well, that was number three for me. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, WrestleMania for me, number two. Um, like you were saying, you know, start to finish, kicking off with a bang with Seth Rollins. Halfway through, you know, you got Kofi winning the championship, and, uh, you know, it just. Not only because it's WrestleMania, but it, it really was something that, you know, the last few WrestleManias were a little bit, they fell a little short for me, just a little. Yeah. This one definitely uh, was one of the better ones we've seen in a long time. So I definitely got my number two. All right. Uh, my number two <clears throat> is a pay-per-view that uh, it, it came out of nowhere. Like you weren't expecting anything to be this good from this company. Uh, but it has, and it's NWA's Into the Fire. I think um, top to bottom, what a great show that was. Um, <clears throat> NWA came definitely came out of nowhere this year with their YouTube. They started uh, with power on YouTube and late into the year. <clears throat> but it doesn't – the reason Rhea Ripley didn't touch my top three is because – while it was, she was still really good in the latter part of 2019. I think it was basically based off of the build of someone else. I think without Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley could not have been as good as she was. NWA had nothing. There was no build or anything from the past. Like the only thing that they had that happened in this decade that made any sort of major significance <clears throat> is when Cody Rhodes had the NWA title. After all in, right? Like, think what NWA made major mention again, right? Skrull kind of, you know, he fought, you know, for the NWA title. But nothing at the echelon that Cody and Nick Aldis had at all in. But then NWA power started. And it felt fresh. And it felt new. And it felt retro, but but new. So it was weird. And then Into the Fire was just... Every storyline that Power built into the fire finished perfectly. There wasn't a you can't say you watched Into the Fire and go, oh, that was weird. It was great job by Corgan, Lagana, Maureen, all those people involved in NWA, including your champions, Allison K. You know, 
Nick Aldis, uh, Aaron Stevens. It's it's just it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing, a masterpiece of uh, wrestling to watch, top to bottom. And again, like an RKO out of nowhere. Smitty, your number one pay per view for twenty nineteen. Uh, double or nothing. All right, bam. It, uh, double or nothing hit my number one because what it, it like we still don't know what to expect of AEW at this point. And like I said yeah, earlier, yeah. it set it set the bar. I think a little too high for AEW. Like from start to finish, there was not one match on that card I can really say that I this I I didn't enjoy. Like I said, uh, like the Cody, uh, we, we once again we beat the dead horse of Cody versus um Dustin, uh, tag match with the Lucha Brothers and um the Bucks and Omega, say, Omega Jericho for the title, the appearance of Moxley. It was so there was so many great moments and so many great matches that went on throughout that whole show. So, in this, yeah, yeah. Nick, number one. Um, I have to agree with what you had at number two with Into the Fire. Um, and it it wasn't at first, but then I went back and watched it again, uh, and it was still great. Don't get me wrong, but after watching it again, and yeah, when you really think about what NWA did this year in such a short amount of time, um. You know, what they start like in September, early September, mm-hmm. and the build that they had with um, the different matches. And like you said, they, they put a stamp and closed the door on those storylines in a perfect way. Um, everything in, in, a, in a grand scheme of things, like a total package, again, that they're doing and put into that pay-per-view was spot on. All the way down to the price. You had a chance to get it for twenty bucks, and if yeah. you missed it, it was only twenty five. That's the price you paid back in the day for pay per views were twenty five bucks when you mm-hmm. had four of them a year, and, and that to me again, as a, as a whole, even the ending at the at the end with the surprise with Skrull coming out. I mean, it was it was great. Mm. I agree. Uh, I can't, yeah, you're right. Uh, but my number one is actually Smitty's number three, and that's WWE Survivor Series. Because what that to me signified was a true change in WWE. I understand that it may have been, hey, we got to get more eyes on NXT on Wednesday so they beat AEW. Vince is a man and that is best when his back's in the corner, right? And he can come up with some of the best stuff. You, You can argue that Vince is his worst own worst enemy, but he's also his best fucking friend. Because if he has to sit there and he goes, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I can't lose, I don't want to lose, I don't want to be the bad guy. Uh, regardless, Vince wants, to, you can say Vince loves playing, Vince is the best heel in the business ever, right? You can it, make one of those arguments. But at the same time, Vince wants to win. And Vince will put anything over that he knows he needs to put over for fan service. And I'm sorry. Survivor Series was WWE fan service and well put together fan service. Like you said, Smitty, Colin Dunn, instant fucking classic, even after war games, right? Great fucking match to watch. Rhea Ripley, Keith Lee, these are people that looked strong, but also put over by the other people. Seth Rollins is one of your top guys. Definitely your top guy on Raw. Keith Lee pinned him. Roman Reigns may have beat Keith Lee, but God, Keith Lee looked amazing mm-hmm. against Roman Reigns. Yeah. That fucking spirit bomb he hit Roman Reigns with was beautiful. Yeah. 
It is beautiful. What Survivor Series did is it made you think WWE may be turning the corner. And then TLC happened. But still, at Survivor Series, <laughs> at the end of it, you were really fucking happy. You were you sat in your chair and you got and you just sat back. I the reason it's number one for me personally is because while we have events that we do for the big four, we don't really get to watch much of these shows. We cut you know, we keep an eye on it, obviously, because we have to know and stuff. But I was excited to sit down and rewatch this. And then even rewatching it still had all of the emotion of all of partially watching it. I haven't done that with any other pay-per-view, right? At all this year. My rewatch has never been as good as my original watch. And this one was. And I've seen Into the Fire a couple times and it's still good, but never once encapsulated what I did, what I have felt when I first watched it. It's still up there. I'm not saying, I can never, I'm not trying to say it sucked at all in any point because I watched it. I'm like, man, it's still really good. It's really good. Just like you said, Nick. Uh, same with you said, Smitty, about WrestleMania. Survivor Series for me, the second re- the second watch again, and the third watch, because I've gone back and watched it again, I've just been like, man, I am so happy WWE gave us this this year. Because without that, I would have a lot of doubt. I mean, if you're looking at Raw and SmackDown, you have a lot of doubt about mm-hmm. WWE. Mm-hmm. But Survivor Series, the best what they do, and these big pay-per-views, gives me a lot of hope for 2020 in WWE because I don't think any of us are going to think WWE is a top three in our next category, but sure as shit could be if they keep doing what they did with survivor series and some of mania. There's a reason WWE is some of our top pay-per-views this year, man. It's not like they suck overall. They're really fucking good when they have to be. And I hope in 2020 Vince feels he has to be good. Because we can have some of the best WWE product we have had since the Ruthless Aggression era, the Attitude era, and the Golden Age of WWE. F, whatever it was. Um, I almost put Bound for Glory on, that, on this list. Smitty, too. run back your three, two, and one best pay-per-views of 2019. Survivor Series, WrestleMania, double or nothing. Nick. Double or nothing, WrestleMania, and into the fire. <laughs> And me, WrestleMania, Into the Fiverr. It's Into the Fiverr. It's the, it's the, into the Fiverr. New, it's the new uh, theme song for Fiverr.com. Into the Fiverr. <laughs> into, <laughs> the Fiverr. Uh, into the Fiverr. Into the Fiverr. Into the Fiverr. God damn it, I almost said it again. <laughs> number three, WrestleMania. Number two, Into the Fire. And number one, Survivor Series. Best pay-per-views of 2019. Now, we go into our best brands of 2019. Number three for you, Smitty. Uh, Impact Wrestling. Okay. Why? Uh, look, I'm actually really fucking surprised you put that at number three. I was expecting two or one from you, but go ahead. Why yeah, number I, three? See, I got it because um, we'll say the match, like match quality is always on point, whether it's the weekly shows or the pay-per-views. Uh, they get consistent, new, fresh storylines. The, the, the storyline, they carry off the storylines very well. Um, and they, they even have a little part of it where you have like the, as Joe would say, tickle butt type stuff, but they make it work. Okay. And also, also think they have one of the <laughs> you best. You end, you end so badly. <laughs> and they also have one, of, I think they have one of the best heel factions in one of the best, and probably the best heel in professional wrestling in okay. Sammy Gamma and OVE. Okay. Now Nick, I'm done. Number three. A-E-W. All right. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> there was there was a lot to uh you know, the, like we had said a couple times already, they set the bar high with double or nothing. <laughs> there was a lot of hype going into that pay per view for quite some time. Um and there were a few low moments, you know, we weren't really too thrilled with Fight for the Fallen or uh Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Um All Out was really good. Um <clears throat> and Full Gear was really good. And, you know, some of their uh, most of their TV spots since they started in early October were really good. So um, I, I'm hoping for more out of them. That's why I definitely can't put them as two or one because there was only a handful of great moments. Um, but, yeah, number three for sure. All right. A-dub. Number three for me is the same as Smitty's, Impact Wrestling. I think Impact Wrestling uh, as an overall show is spectacular. Um it's it's something that when you you pay attention to um overall is you just sit back and you're you're enjoying it and you can't really have many bad things to say about it and from the stars that are getting over from the stars that are already there that have been over in other companies it's it's a it's a great meld of everything so that's why it's also my number 3 smitty you're number two. Uh, NXT. Jesus Christ. We're going to have the same fucking list. Probably. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think we had the same list? Uh, NXT, like NXT uh, 2019, like was it, Like I said, Survivor Series seems like the climax of a coming out party for uh, NXT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I read it to the gay joke there. God damn. <laughs> Smitty loves a good climax from coming out. <laughs> 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 oh god damn cracker Woo! I, I just realized I'm going to write into that one New Year same Smith <laughs> okay, so we had, um, in, in the words of Mikey You gay dog <laughs> You gay dog <laughs> Gay but, Not that there's anything wrong with that well, see, like they have no. one, Once again you have, you have one of the best Facts in professional wrestling in uh, Undisputed Era You got guys like you got You got some rising stars And guys like Keith Lee like, Keith Lee uh, the Velveteen Dream's been hurt for like the second half of the year. He's he's still somebody you talked about throughout the year. Uh, you, you got the, like the, another put company that's putting over, finally putting over the Joshi. Like you got a uh, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane had a good run there. Shayna Baszler. It it's been a really good. It's it's a solid brand. It's been a solid brand for a long time, and this is just the year that they finally got some real shine. Um. Nick, what's your number two? Brown. Oh, um, <laughs> mine, was, mine was purple. <laughs> Fruity pebbles. I would. Uh, I say doctor. <laughs> no, it's always should be always green. If you have that much fucking colored food. Sorry, African American food. <laughs> <laughs> NXT is my number two. Um, for all the things that Smitty just said, uh, their pay per views. They're not uh, even pay per views. Well, well, can... well, well, hold on. Sorry. When you look at their level of their their pay per views outshine nearly anything that's out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their weekly television product, those shows are pay per view worthy more often than not. Um, the majority <laughs> of their talent is just top notch. I mean, from top to bottom, you really can't find many things that are wrong, if any. With that promotion, so keep talking. I got to choke my cup. So 
Yeah, man. I, uh, and you know, coming up to this year, I hadn't been as familiar with NXT as you guys have. This was really my breakout year coming out of the closet and climaxing with NXT. So, um, yeah, man. NXT. I like the way you twist that. Like the way you twisted. All right, so apparently you had NXT at number two as well, Mikey. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably because of the same reason you guys had it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to fix the microphone so Z can call in because the studio uh, Skype thing is down. So I don't know why, but I'm trying to set up so a microphone could be on next to my phone. <laughs> Z can talk <laughs> into it. You know, there's another microphone right <laughs> on the other side of you, right? <laughs> I'm, what? There's another no, microphone on the other to... side of you. Yeah, but that one's way more difficult to get to because of all the wires and shit. This one was just difficult to handle. Ew. <laughs> you know That's how Smitty feels about all that dick he takes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm waiting for Z to call my phone, and then hopefully this will work because it's right there. <laughs> so bad. All right. Um, yes. Innovative. NXT, for having one of the top matches of the year to having one of the top pay-per-views of the year, even though it wasn't in my number three, uh, NXT TakeOver New York was still really good. And you have to th- you have to think, man. NXT used to have every pay-per-view, every TakeOver was better and better and better and better and better. And then new- TakeOver New Orleans happened. And now every TakeOver is how good is it compared to TakeOver New Orleans, right? NXT TakeOver New York was spec-fucking-tagged. It was, it was the fucking... It, it, it was... If if WrestleMania didn't have all the emotion it gave you, Takeover New York would have been the pay per view of that weekend, right? Okay, so here's the thing: like when I think pay per views, I don't think NXT Takeover. I think it was network special still, and that's why I, when you said pay, when, I, when I read pay per views, I actually looked up pay per views. No oh, man, big shows, big shows. That's fine. Twenty nineteen big show. Bam. Um. Yeah. So. NXT is my number two because of those reasons. Uh, number one, Smitty. <coughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who he didn't say it. We don't have to say it. <laughs> you're gonna, I, don't, I, I gotta go. You go with NWA. Probably. Uh, come on, keep going with yours. Well, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because like, I, I don't know. I like those tournament types. I like the uh, best of the, ju- the, uh, the tag. Those tag tournaments. I like the best of the Super Juniors. The G1 Climax this year was fucking phenomenal. Uh, the best of the Super Juniors was phenomenal. Smitty's involved in anything that climaxes. Uh. And out of the closet, yeah. it was like and just like they had a, like uh, Meltzer's hard on for New Japan. I kind of developed some a little bit of it hard on this year. <laughs> he loves hard ons and climaxing <laughs> and coming out parties. <laughs> I don't think you could be any gayer, dog. <laughs> There's the pitch. <laughs> that was that was woo, that was a slow curve. <laughs> <laughs> that was real easy to hit. Right down Main Street. <laughs> Just the way you like it. Gay. <laughs> Gay, but, dude. It was, uh, like, 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 one of you guys just said, I was on your top list, like Will, Will Osprey. Will Osprey is, mm-hmm. was killed it uh, in New Japan this year. Kota Ibushi's, who finally made a commitment to New Japan, killed it this year. So many loves and dudes make commitments. <laughs> uh, te- like Tetsuya Naito. Like, te- guys like Tetsuya Naito, uh, Kazuka, I can't pronounce his name right now. Kazuchka. Kazuka Okada, uh, Jay White, like I said, is like one of the most underrated heels in professional wrestling today. Um, like the the, the Tongas and uh, the Bullet Club, 
Girls of Destiny. Like, stuff like that. Yeah, man. All right. Are you done? Did you end that one? (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) we don't know when you end. Uh, Nick, number one. Are you sure you want me to do this? I know you're going to blow my load, but go Mm -hmm. for it. Look how heavy Smitty got. N-W-A. (laughs) Niggas with attitude? You got it. That's right. Um, You just didn't save any of that for Z, huh? You're a dick, dude. You snowed your loose, bitch. (laughs) Damn, you had a whole fucking bottle at your own house, and you even saved the last of that for Z. Damn, you're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, he's he's so selective racism. I supposed to be a selective dick. Uh, you always select dick. Anyway, continue. Let's <laughs> just keep on coming. Okay. <laughs> no, there's anything wrong with that. Continue. <laughs> continue, Nick. NWA um, came out of fucking nowhere. They came out of that closet <laughs> and they just splooged all over my fucking face. Um, and Smitty licked it up. Yep. <clears throat> if I gotta be, I'm gonna be a top. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you don't like cum. I like coming. I don't like to be cummed on. You don't like the taste, do you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not like the taste? <laughs> he's never. He's never tasted. It always shoots right into the back of his throat. <laughs> he's deep throating for every cum shot. Continue. Okay. NWA is my number one. They uh, they did come out of nowhere. Um, And honestly, up until, fuck, a couple days before you were like, hey, man, watch NWA, I had no idea that they were going to be such a force and and be something that, I I mean, I just was like, okay, like this is just for me kind of out of nowhere. And I've been hooked ever since. Every weekly show, Into the Fire, I'm ready for hard times coming up later this month. <laughs> I said I was done, Smitty. You can't start laughing. I didn't laugh. I'm yeah, dosed. you did. Whatever. <clears throat> um, I, I'm, I mean, nearly every character on that show has me by the balls. Um, it just, I, I can't really say enough about it. Huh? Um, I'm very impressed with their champion, Nick Aldis. I wasn't too familiar with him literally at all up until four months ago. Mr. Mickey James? And uh, why, why, what? Yeah, that's her husband. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. He's not really with Camille. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. Camille's really with the guy from, uh, what's yeah. this? But I, I really like his character as a heel, but he's like a heel with a heart, you know, if there ever was one. But yeah, NWA top to bottom, number one promotion. Uh, there, it's not a wide margin. It's not a big gap. There's not a big hole in between. You know these two guys. I mean, between NWA and uh, NXT, it's it's a narrow margin. Um, Nick, I agree with you 100. percent It's the same reason why NWA is above NXT for me. Um, Smitty, your points on New Japan are one of the reasons why it's my number four overall because. I agree. It's, it's it's a great fucking promotion to watch. I I don't think match quality alone. I, I don't think yeah, but I don't think anyone can be would be wrong in any of our lists. You know, same as the best match of the year. Th- certain promotions do it for you, and NWA is the one that really did it for me because while New Japan kept with what they did, they still didn't do more than what they did the year before. You know what I'm saying? 
And I feel like that was a huge misstep. Um, them, I, I don't think they truly recovered enough from the loss of Omega leaving from and the, things from like that. You know, to, to where uh, they have stepped up into the upper echelon. Same with NXT. I think NXT um, is still trying to get out of its own shadow. Granted, it did a lot, man. Jumping up to USA and everything network. I think it's not like they're, they're bad. It's great fucking overall, you know? But what NWA did, like Nick said, in such a short amount of time, it, it's it's truly I, – I don't think it's something that could be done again. I really think it's one of those moments in history where you're like, wow, that was amazing. That is a once-in-a-lifetime thing to watch, and I'd be shocked if I watched something else. Again, NWA has been around for years, but all they've had since was a belt were belts. Their champions fought in other promotions to defend uh, their belts. Championship wrestling in Hollywood was like the last place, and then they all shared the title for a minute with uh, Ring of Honor. So, but that being said, there was there was NWA titles. There was no NWA promotion. promotion. Then power happened, and that was. It set it off. And Into the Fire was another great moment. The pay-per-view-wise, they just they did great, man. Uh, I'm very happy that NWA is around and doing what it's doing. Um, so that is why it's my number one promotion. Best brand of 2019. Smitty, give me a rundown again. So I had Impact, NXT, and New Japan. Uh, Nick. A-Dub, NXT, and NWA. All right, and me, Impact, NXT, and NWA as well. Um, Next category, the favorite moment of 2019. Uh, All the other categories, we had top threes. This one, obviously, I highly doubt we're probably going to have the same things. Uh, Smitty, what is the best thing about wrestling to you in 2019? What is your favorite moment? My favorite moment of 2019 is Kofi winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Okay. Once again, I cannot reiterate how much that meant to me as African-American in general. Mm-hmm. So long in this company, I mean, so long as a wrestling fan, like <clears throat> 30 years old, I've never seen the WWE Championship. This is a company that's been around for almost 60-something years. This is the first time they put their title onto a black man. And people want to like, say The Rock, but The Rock claims Samoan before or claim black anytime. But I, I that's, that's, that's different, huh? That's a, that's a different, like, well, a full fledged African American. Well, when I say full fledged, I mean that motherfucker from Ghana. So he has affiliation with Africa. Not even American. He's African. <laughs> Damn. But <laughs> well, like, they put on, they put the title on a nigga like me. <laughs> he ain't from Detroit. <laughs> Continue. I'm gonna give you shit. Yeah, but um, it, it just does uh, that that emo, like. That emotion beat out the double or nothing and everything everything else that came throughout the year, the things that wrapped that wrapped me into. Sorry. But that was just the big that was the biggest one for me. Nick, your number one moment of the twenty nineteen. Um <clears throat> honorable mention, John Moxley. Not my number one moment, but that's honorable mention. I just showing up at AEW. Yeah, showing up at AEW double enough. Um my but my biggest moment. Um and you guys will disagree, but I think Jericho winning the title at at All Out was 
for me, it was like, oh, thank God. Because, you know, I know that we have ups and downs with AEW right now. They're in this learning phase with trying to, you know, establish their identity and, and who they really are, even though they think they're one thing, but they don't really prove that all the time. Um, <clears throat> if they wanted to keep the momentum, start the momentum, whatever you want to call it, they had to put that title on Jericho at All Out, and they did. And for me, that was like that. That's the start of of something good, even if it takes five five years, ten years. It was also, I think, we were there live. Uh, yeah, and that helped. Being you know, yeah. me and Mikey were three rows away from that. That's a history making moment. How many times did you end up on TV? <clears throat> a lot. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> really liked us. That belt. Shout out to Zebros. Zebros, uh, sorry for si- quick sidecast. Zebros just read because they've done all the Impact belts. They yeah. just repainted them all. Impact, all the belts went from blue to red now, man. And Zebros did a fucking I know. great I job. Saw, I saw that. Great that fucking job. Great job. It has to go with the whole access thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. That so that was my my moment of the year. Just another one of those things that was an all encompassing. Being there, everything, it, yeah. And it was hard. You know, maybe my mood might, <clears throat> in a week, I could feel differently about one thing over another. But to me, that's one of the things Having that stands swings? out. A little bit, yeah. Starting mm-hmm. menopause. Need a, need a man pod? Yeah. Man pod. <laughs> Not a manopause. He can only get hot flash because he's missing the tip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we just pissed off the LBGT community <laughs> all show. <clears throat> Sorry, we love y'all. Mindy loves you way more. But whatever. <laughs> um, my Just favorite. LBs and Gs. <laughs> I hate the Ts and the Qs. How dare you be questionable? No, no shit. Um, anyway, my favorite moment for 2019, honorable mention, is Roman hit remission in February. I thought that was a great real-life moment. Uh, definitely uh, was major. But my favorite moment of 2019 is what led into my favorite pay-per-view of 2019, and that was the SmackDown show right after Saudi Arabia. Um, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Vince McMahon went back into the corner is one of the best things wrestling has. Vince McMahon wrote that SmackDown show on his plane when he found out that his wrestlers weren't making it back. That SmackDown show was not supposed to play like that, and we all said – it was probably the best SmackDown in the last 10 years, in the decade. And I feel of the that, year for sure. Oh, easily of the year, but definitely probably one of the last 10 years. Um, maybe even more. Uh, what that SmackDown did is it excited you, it, it ignited you, and it made you so happy to be a wrestling fan because you were watching a real invasion. Ish, you know, everything that you hoped that invasion of WCW would have been to WWE with but the big stars were gone. They didn't want Sting, Sting they're like, Goldberg. They're like, no, no, they, they didn't get Sting or Goldberg because they didn't, Sting and Goldberg were like, I'm making money. I don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. They were getting paid anyway. Why would Sting you want to go and put your fucking body on the line when you're going to get paid that money no matter what? You're going to fucking null and void the contract you currently have to sign one with WWE, right? Ah, fuck that. I would have sat back too. I'm not even arguing that. All Hogan, Nash, Hall, everyone, every big name that WCW had. Sub bitch. Every big name that WCW had that did not show for the w, the invasion into WWE is what you got with that SmackDown after Saudi Arabia. Big names. Shayna Baszler, Adam Cole, your top guys are there doing it, going through it. So to me, my moment of 2019 is the SmackDown after Saudi Arabia. 
Z is here, ladies yeah, and quick, gentlemen. Give me the Hulu version of the show. But, uh, no, <laughs> not giving you the Hulu version. We're going to ask you your questions, and you can just give us your Hulu version of these because we're going through every category up into the best moment of 2019. We haven't done the decade yet. Okay. So your top three, starting with number three, male wrestlers of 2019. Three, two, and one. Uh, you didn't write anything down. No. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole, number mm-hmm. three. Uh, number two would be Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. and number one would be Kofi Kingston. Okay. Uh, number th- three, two, he and one. Nice. Three, two, and one best female wrestlers of 2019. Uh, it would be Shayna Baszler, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhea Ripley, number two, mm-hmm. and Becky Lynch, number one. Okay. Uh, best match of 2019. I, since you did write this one down, just give me your number one, unless you can rattle off three, two, and one. Uh, number three, Walter versus Pete Dunn at Takeover New York. Mm. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. Number two would be the Extreme or the Elimination Chamber match. Wait, wait, wait. Takeover New. You mean are you talking about Walter versus Tyler Bate? Walter versus Pete Dunn. Dunn was at New York. Okay, all right. Takeover right. New York right. <clears throat> and. Number one would be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, top three pay-per-views, three, two, and one of 2019. Uh, Survivor Series, number one. Uh, number two would be Into the Fire. And number three would be uh, Double or Nothing. Okay. And uh, your three, two, and one best brands of 2019. NXT, number one. Uh Raw slash SmackDown number two. So WWE? Yeah, I mean, and then AEW number three. Okay. And uh, your favorite moment of 2019 and why? Then you're all caught up. Uh, Favorite moment of 2019 is when Kofi won the belt at WrestleMania. Historical moment, uh, great match, great build, everything. Like everything that culminated in that moment. Just, you know. Do you have an honorable mention for the moment? Uh, Honorable mention for a moment would be the invasion. Okay. Of, you know, SmackDown. All right. Now we're getting into the worst moment of 2019, our final category for best of, worst of year. Uh, Smitty, what is the worst moment for you in 2019? Hell in a Cell, Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. Okay. Why? <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking everything. My butt hurts after watching <laughs> Just talking about this right now. It's weird because he's a bottom. Pretends to be a top, but he's totally a bottom. Nick, worst moment of 2019? The wedding this past week. Uh, really? Yeah. God, I, I'm still so, – I love that. You didn't that. like the lesbian angle? I fucking loved everything about that wedding. I felt really uncomfortable most of the time. In, in, in <clears> fact, <throat> um, we've planned a lot of my wedding around that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was he a lesbian? I, I just – Hopefully. Lana makes me angry. Um her mic skills are getting worse. Oh, it's not the fact that she doesn't use a Russian accent anymore? <clears throat> well, not only that, I mean... That's always faded in and out. She, all right, let him talk. She rubbed off Lashley's black fucking makeup all over her face, and it just... It was a real shit show. I mean, it was... I guess you could say it was so bad it was good, but it was the low point of 2019 for me. Right. Z, worst moment of 2019? Uh, not to beat a dead horse, but definitely the Hell in the Cell ending. Okay. Uh, the 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 no contest in a hell in a cell. It just made no sense, and by far the worst thing that's happened this year, mm-hmm. outside of 
Lana only using Russian accent when she says the word Rusev. Rusev. <laughs> Rusev. Uh, my worst moment of 2019 is something that has killed a promotion for me, and that's the officiating in AEW. Uh, everything, there hasn't been a single time we have come on this air, including now, uh, and not had something negative to say about the AEW officiating from people staying outside of the ring too long to people being blatantly hit by outside people uh, in front of the referee to a referee not calling a three count when someone's shoulders didn't come up off of the mat. Uh, it's, it's just so every time I want to love AEW, something happens with officiating so blatantly bad. That makes me go, God damn it. Fix this. So to me, uh, the AEW officiating is the worst thing about 2019 because again, it made me go from, we all said it, double or nothing set such a standard, such a bar that we were even kind of like, all right, the officiating was a little off, but still, fuck yeah, let's see what they're doing. And, yeah, but, but that was okay for a pay-per-view. Right. Not in every week Not every, thing. And, yeah. and it's slowly, slowly killing – to the point where even Chris Jericho held a team fucking meeting, said, hey, honeymoon's over. Fix this shit. It's not making sense. And it's not because, again, with all of this officiating, the first DQ of this fucking company is going to be the most biggest uproar in the fucking world. When did he it's going to be heel. It's going to be the biggest heel turn in AEW to that point. Yeah. When, when the ref finally calls a DQ. Yeah. When did he do that team meeting? I didn't. Um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a couple okay. weeks ago. So, yeah. Back around the beginning of December. Yeah. Good. But I mean, AEW is turning into spot fest, and that's kind of killing it for me too. Right. Like, it's not just the refs. There are other things with that promotion where I'm like. Yeah, okay. I'm, you know, I, I was excited. You know, kid on Christmas, like you open the box and then it ends up not being what it was supposed It's like the off brand of the toy oh, you wanted. Or it's the <laughs> toy you wanted, but no one bought batteries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. That, that's a much better. Like, Hell yeah, project. I got this. Uh, anyone got any double A's? Oh, and, no, and no stores are Mom's open. Mom's like, on Christmas. I only have D's. And like, <laughs> of course you got D's, Mom. Dad, you suck. Because <laughs> dildos. All right. <laughs> uh, now we're going to go into the decade. Uh, top five wrestlers of the decade, the top three matches of the decade, your favorite moments of the decade, and your worst moments of the decade. Um, again, if you only have one for the moments or you have honorable mentions, that's fine as well. So we're going to top off. Smitty, number five. Who is your number five wrestler of the decade? 2010 to 2019. 2010 to 2019. I actually had to write this one down. I hope so. Uh, five from five to one. Nope, just give me five. Five. Let's say from five to one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Five, Mike Elgin. Okay, why? Because Mike Elgin is uh, tore it up in New Japan. He's tore it up in uh, pro wrestling. He's still tearing up in pro wrestling. No up tearing it. Like no matter where he goes, he's a high caliber match type guy. And um, it, 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 I can never have ever complained about a Michael Elgin match. Huh? Um, and that's longer than 10 years at this point now. Right. Nick. Charlotte. I'm going to go with a woman. Okay. Um, she's been the most consistently good woman on that whole entire WWE, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, whatever roster. Mm-hmm. Multiple title runs. Um, she had a brief stint as a face here and there. That worked. It worked. Um, but I would definitely say... Uh, just to throw a woman in there, I throw her at number five because she is. So okay, wait. Yeah. So, 
by just what your last sentence was. Mm-hmm. Is she number five just because you wanted to throw a woman in there or because you truly feel number five? No, overall? I truly felt that. Okay. But I did want right. – I wanted, wanted to have a woman in there. But she, out of the five that I picked, she's number five. Okay. Yep. Z. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. John Cena. John Cena, everybody. John Cena. Nine championship reigns in the past 10 years. So he's got to be on the list somewhere. And he's definitely not number one. So he could be like, if you're not first, you're last. So he's number five. Uh, For me, number five is Adam Cole. Uh, he was number three for my 2019, but Adam Cole, first ever three-time Ring of Honor champion. He's held multiple championships in that company, uh, Bullet Club member, high profile, NXT champion, triple threat, triple crown winner, two, uh, the second one ever. Uh, the things he's doing for that company now what is something that he was doing for Ring of Honor when he was in Ring of Honor, and it's just making it better. Everything that he has touched, rookie of the year in 2010, he's literally been wrestling this entire decade only. And he is this good in 2019, going into 2020. So number five for me overall, because of what he has done, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, Smitty, number four. Kofi Kingston. Um, Kofi Kingston, over the de- over this decade, has, um, he's held that mate card together for the WWE for the He's been one of those guys that's held the mate card together for the WWE for the longest. Finally had his moment this year. Um, it's probably one, I think... According to him, he's won probably one of the most titles over the decade. Uh, second, him and the Miz have won some of the most titles over the decade. Mm-hmm. And like Kofi's just probably the epitome of what probably I could say probably the most successful African like black superstar, mm-hmm. fully black superstar in WWE history at this point now. Right. Uh, Nick, I would have to go with John Cena as, as my number four. <laughs> I mean, whether you love him or hate him, I mean, he's been one of the faces of that company in some shape or form for the last 10 years. He's got tons of title reigns. He's doing a lot of really good things in the community over the last 10 years. So he's an overall encompassing superstar. Yeah. Number four, Z. All right, fine, Nick. I'm going to go with Charlotte. Well, I mean, she I mean, she hasn't been wrestling this whole decade. She made her debut in 2013, but since then, she's held the Women's Championship 10 times. She's held the NXT Championship. She held the Divas Championship at one point, and she what has Divas Champion. She has been your top superstar in the women's division, your your benchmark, so to say, for the entire time she's been wrestling. So she's got to be on the list. All right. Uh, my number four is the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho started off this year uh, fighting with his tag partner, uh, Big Show, and since then has held top titles in WWE. He has held mid-card titles in WWE. He's held mid-card titles in New Japan Wrestling. He's held top titles in AEW. Chris Jericho, no matter where he goes, changes the fucking game. New Japan got some of its biggest buys and biggest attendance because Chris Jericho announced he was attending a Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. And New Japan caught more fire. They, they, they had some, like they had a kindling with Bullet Club and the Bucks and... uh Kenny Omega and all of that. There was a smaller kindling when it was AJ Styles running the Bullet Club. Um, but the minute Chris Jericho showed up in New Japan, a full-fledged fire burned for that company. And Chris Jericho has done that. When he said he was signing to AEW, everyone was like, I'm going to watch AEW. 
Chris Jericho got that title. You said it yourself, Nick. Uh, top, your top moment of the year. Look how sad Z is because he's got none of the bubbly. Didn't even have a bit of the bubbly. <laughs> was it even good? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Champagne. Yeah. Here, you can. He didn't drink oh, it. Oh, thanks, Smitty. <laughs> he he licked out of it though. <laughs> like a cat. Um, but yes. I haven't been drugged this year yet, so you know. <laughs> four days. Allegedly. 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 So yes, Chris Jericho is my number four overall wrestler of the decade. Smitty, give me your number three. Uh my number three, it was your number five. It was Adam Cole. Okay. Why? Uh like you just pretty much brought it up. Like you brought up because like he's only been in the game for ten years and he's accomplished so much. He's like the first three time. Uh, Ring of Honor champion was a part of the Bullet Club in his peak. Pro- because in the peak, you, that's when Omega, you had Omega, mm-hmm. Cody, and all those guys with with the Bullet Club. And he's he's, a, he's always been a great hand from the Panama, the Panama City Playboy. And he's always got whatever gimmick. Like, there's not too many people that get your own fucking name over. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All right, Nick, you're number three. My number three is your number five as well, I, I, Adam Cole. <laughs> I've only been familiar with him for a short time, but I've done some research. And like you guys were saying, he's been around the block, and everything this dude touches turns to gold. And he's, in, in that short amount of time, to be skyrocketed to the top of all these different promotions he's been in and be such a prominent character, you cannot put him in your top five. It's just so weird that the son of Michael Cole has done so much despite who his dad God, is. God, you, bar- <laughs> you just buried what I was going to fucking say when you came to me. Z, who's your number three? Uh, Michael Cole's son, <laughs> Adam Cole. Uh, for all the same reasons they just said. I mean, I'm, again, not going to beat a dead horse. They've covered it. Adam Cole's number three. My number three is a hot fucking take, and it's going to piss some people off, and I don't give a flying fucking shit. Brock Lesnar is my number three. Sure, he has not wrestled this whole decade. Sure, he barely wrestled this whole decade. But for the most part, a strong majority, Brock Lesnar has had a match of the night card moment in Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, John Cena. Things he has done throughout the this year. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Beating the, beating the streak, streak alone mm-hmm. puts you on the list. Yep. <laughs> Brock Lesnar has uh, – it, it changed a lot of structures. Brock Lesnar's contract made a lot of people go, I can work less and get paid. And yes, it happened. Get paid there way are, more. There are people that are working less now in WWE that and are getting paid the same. Randy. You know, yes. It's – and, and – it changed it. When you had a star like Brock Lesnar come in and do that, other people's like, well, I do this much for the company. I should also not have to bust my ass as much. And yes, you said it. Randy Orton, when he wrestles, he's great. He's not wrestling as much anymore, but still really good. So Brock Lesnar to me. But Randy's one of those people that have done so much that, to, I mean, not saying that Brock hasn't, right. but Brock's just a, a different kind of draw in itself. But with guys like Randy, Randy's done everything there is to do, so Randy kind of gets to pick and choose what he does now. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And he can because – and again, yeah, still with the paid. money because of the money that Lesnar pulled in. Uh, number two for you, Smitty. Uh, best Chris wrestler Jer- of the decade. Chris Jericho. All right. Uh, like Chris Jericho, just the, the fact that he's reinventing himself, what, not three, four times over the la- just over the last four or four, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um. You said it. I think you put the other on the head. Like no matter where he goes, he elevates whatever he elevates whatever companies he's in. And 
That's about it. All right, Nick, your number two wrestler of the decade. My number two is Brock. For everything you said, uh, I mean, he's a huge draw still to this day. Um, you know, he the fact that he ended the Undertaker streak, whether you like it or not, I totally agree with what Z said. That right there puts you on this list. Um, his title reigns, his I mean, his just overall presence when he's there is big. Because it's not like, okay, well, Brock's been gone for a couple weeks. Oh, he's there? Uh, all right, cool. No, when he's there, he's like, okay, Brock's here. Let's mm-hmm. fucking do this. What's going to happen? You know, uh, with Paul Heyman at the helm, yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah, yeah and the only reason he's number two is because of his lack of mid-card titles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is he your number two as well, Z? Uh, no, my, my number two also elevates every company he's ever been in, and that's AJ Styles. That's good. Uh, he he deserves. I mean, no matter where he goes, he is one of, if not the top guy, and it, it's been that way for as long as he's been wrestling. Almost, mm-hmm. so he definitely gets the nod at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is a guy that has been running New Japan for a very long time, and that's Kazuchika Okada, the yeah. guy whose name Smitty can't even say. Uh, Can't say Kukuchka Okada? <laughs> Neither can you. <laughs> Kukuchka. Okada himself has been a part of many best matches of the year uh, involving with Kenny Omega this year with uh, Will Ospreay. You can't deny the amount of titles that he's held, the, t- the, the length oh, like, yeah. that he has had them as well. He is the John Cena of New Japan. He is their face. He is unbeatable. He's unbreakable. He's untouchable. And they still and like him. And when someone <laughs> does it, it makes it even that much more special. Smitty and I were talking the other day at work about how this match coming up, uh, the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, Naito has never had the big belt. And yeah, just yeah, like so this Oka- is the second second reign. No, he's never won uh, IWGP. Literally, won. then Google it because it says it's his second reign with the title. No, he's really? second. It's yes. like his second run with the with Intercontinental. No, no, I'm, I'm when I looked it up yesterday, it said it was his second reign. It's like his fifth reign is Intercontinental title, but it's his second reign as I looked up New Japan champions and under the list that it'll tell you. Uh, Naito championships. Yeah, I did, two times. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say. I I just looked up this stat the other day. It says I don't know when his first reign was, but it's saying it was the second reign as the big champion. Yeah. So, okay, but even then, I swear to God, I did not. I I did not know that he held it. I always thought I it was something either. that just missed him. Uh, he held it for his first time for seventy days. In Jesus Christ, where is she? <laughs> in eight, 2016, April 10th. So he lost it the two months later. Um, but again, well, maybe that's why nobody knows because the IWGP. So anyway, Smitty and I were talking about it, and barring it aside, him winning at Wrestle Kingdom to hold the Intercontinental and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship over Okada is. So does that make Naito like the equivalent of Ultimate Warrior now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or Seth Rollins. It made it such a no. It was a handover like Warrior from Hogan. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. It put Naito over more because it was Okada that he beat. Um, Kazuchika Okada has just run the fucking gauntlet. Uh, 
in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He has just been their guy, and he has been putting on match after match of the year quality candidates consistently, no matter who his opponent is. So you constantly have to say that Okada should be in your top five to me. Smitty, your number one wrestler of the decade. Uh, I went with the phenomenal AJ Styles. Why? Why was he your number one and not number two like Aziz List? Uh, he was my number one because like he, no matter where you go, he becomes a top tier star, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a draw. He's, he's just about as big of a draw as Okada. Um, his matches were his match with Nak- for the IC title went for, with Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom nine. Um, his match his matches in WWE, even though even on the mid card, he's great mid card champion, great top guy. He's got some of the great accolades like Jericho. He's, he's got just of, a good brother. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's pretty much, he's like probably almost equivalent to Jericho on where he goes places. Mm-hmm. Nick, your number one wrestler of the decade. I actually had Jericho. I was my number one. Um, he ended the decade on top. Uh, everywhere he goes, he's he's very well recognized. And to take a company like AEW, I don't think they would be anywhere near where they're at now without that dude at the helm. Um, <clears throat> things he did in WWE, um, he reinvents himself constantly, and it goes over really well. It works. Um, yeah, 100% Jericho. All right. Z, who is your number one wrestler of the uh, Number one wrestler. Uh, it's been, been around a while, but, uh, you know. Does this thing elevates companies? Uh, Dana Brooke, CM uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he the the guy's an amazing Jericho. talent. He's gotten a clipboard over. He's gotten the word it over. Scarfs, jackets, light brights doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> he does it, and he and he does it at the top of his game. No matter if it's two thousand ten champagne or two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it just. The catchphrases that he comes up with and gets over and the people he gets over, it, it just – his matches clearly, I mean, as he's gotten older, have have fallen off a little bit. But the psychology this it guy should. has, the knowledge yeah. and, you know, that that's physical. You know, yeah. that's going to happen regardless. But his just – his mind, his creative mind for this business is just – he did a fucking frog splash last night, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho did a fucking frog splash. Okay, guy. Yeah. You're old. Why are you doing this? You don't have to, but he does. I agree with you, Z. So like, we just talked about how Dustin Rose bust out Canadian destroyers at fifty. Right. <laughs> well, nice. yeah, so does Ricky Morton, so <laughs> he's dinner <Danner's> seventies. <laughs> All that means to me is that anyone in this room could do a Canadian destroyer. As long as the other person knows how to flip backwards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Start with Smitty. My number one wrestler of the decade is right in line with Smitty's uh, AJ Styles for the exact same reasons that everyone has said AJ Styles is on their top five list. It's why AJ Styles is number one to me because I don't think anybody could have done what he's done and still give the match quality over everything because while Akata is doing great at number two with his match of the year contenders every year, he's doing it in one company. 
AJ Styles over this decade has done it in TNA, New Japan, WWE. Everywhere he has gone, he has had match of the year quality contenders and held top titles in these things. I can't argue it at all. No matter where you put, if AJ Styles isn't in your top five wrestlers of the decade, then you need to stop watching fucking whatever the hell you're watching. And watch AJ Styles. All right, I'll pull Charlotte out and put him there then. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, nerd. You know, AJ Styles had a a match of the year contender with Sting starting out in 2009. Yeah. And then in 2016, 17, sorry, 17, he was in the Royal Rumble and got robbed of match of the year with John Cena. You know, again, just great stuff. Now, we're going to go into our top three matches of the decade. Uh, Number three, Smitty, what you got? Yes, unpopular opinions on these ones. Um... That's fine. All Number three was a, was a tie of uh, Taker's Michaels at WrestleMania's 25 and 26. 25 doesn't count. 25 is 2009. We're starting 2010. So 20, the Taker versus Michaels, 2010. The retirement match. Yeah, the retirement match. Once again, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. One of my, it's probably, yes, my favorite wrestler of all time. And just the, his last we ride and have an excellent match with Taker for the second year straight. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was, I think it was the best way to, to say about him in the ring, which is not, thanks to the fucking Saudi money, it wasn't his last match. Hey, Saudi money pays bills. All right. Uh, Nick, number three. <clears throat> Another unpopular opinion, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens from 2016 Battleground. Oh, wow. Dude, uh, that was at a time I when that I, I, that's right when I started to get back into wrestling. I was only watching the pay-per-views at that time, a few pay-per-views before that, somewhere in 2015. Um, but that match, it, it blew my mind the way that these two worked so well together. There was such good chemistry. They beat the fucking snot out of each other. The match went a good, I want to say it was a little over 20 minutes. Great fucking match. It was a suggestion. Like, uh, if you want, if you actually like those guys' chemistry, look them up on the Ring of Honor Ladder Wars. Okay. Kevin Steen versus El Generico. Okay. Uh, Z, number three match of the day. <clears throat> My number three match also includes Sami Zayn, but it would be Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke in Shinsuke's NXT debut. Nice. Mm. Uh, partly because for, <laughs> up until that match, it was a long time had passed that I've seen a match that complete. And it was, and it made Nakamura look like a star, not like he does now on the main roster, right. but. That match was just awesome. Yeah. Nakamura, I agree with that. Him coming over from New Japan in one of his last matches was, was with Naito and it was for the IC belt. And that was a classic. And then him coming into NXT, it's great fucking calls. He, all of them were great calls because I agree. Nick, Battleground, forgot about it. Uh, and you can't argue Michaels versus Taker in any top match. Uh, but my number three is something uh, from New Japan and it is the fourth match. In the Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega series, and it's the one at Dominion in 2018 where Kenny Omega finally beat Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in a two out of three falls match. Uh, they went into this match one one and one, and it was a fucking wrestling classic. I could not when when rewatching it. You know, we talked about it back in the day. It's like Meltzer just fucking blew his load on stars for this match. <laughs> Right, it was just like I'm gonna give you all of these stars. I think it was like seven star, eight star, whatever the fuck it was. Um, and we were like, "Man, you're an idiot for saying it's that much." But at the same time, I also would have understood 
the five star because to me that I I think it was one of the it, obviously it's one of the best matches of the decade one of the best matches of all time in my opinion uh, it deserves to be up there and Omega finally getting that title that he was so eluded him for so many years uh, was a great finish especially to see Kota Ibushi who he came into the business with and the Young Bucks who part of the elite that he is in the business with and getting him even more over holding him up was a great finish and moment to that match. Uh, Smitty, number two match of the decade. Yeah, you had my number. Your number three was my number two. Okay. And you, the best way you better like, Kenny Omega chased that title for damn well, a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. and he got it. Even though he was supposed to come in as a as a uh, heel in that match, Kenny was so over that there was no heel in that match. Yeah. It was pretty much a face-on-face match at that point. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, it was... Uh, I wouldn't say flawless. There's nothing that's flawless in this world. Yeah. Um, the storytelling in the match of like Kenny was like, all he needed to do was hit that one winged angel, mm-hmm. and he couldn't get like he just couldn't get it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, the storytelling of the match, um, like he won with the, that one fall. He had the, the most devastating move according to Simon Miller. <laughs> the surprise roll up. Yeah. So it was just a really, it is one of those matches that stands out throughout the decade. All right. Nick, number two match of the decade. AJ and Demon Finn at TLC a couple of years ago. Uh, the match was kind of thrown together last minute. Definitely. And they fucking put on a show. And I, I was excited for that match. It was one of the ones I was looking forward <coughs> to seeing the most when you know it finally got announced. And it exceeded expectations. And I went back and I watched some of the matches that they had, what, over New Japan? Oh, well, Fergo Devin got kicked out the book. Yeah, and it's – I just – I was really glad that WWE put that together the way they did, and and it came through. Z, number two match of the decade. Uh, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan, SummerSlam 2013. The official birth of the S movement. Daniel goes over clean and then gets robbed by Randy Orton afterwards. But <clears throat> like the, the emotion invested in that match and you could just feel it in. I mean, I wasn't there, but like watching it, you could just like feel the emotion in the crowd and everything. So plus it was a really good wrestling match. 2013. So, yep. Uh, for me, the number two uh, match of the decade is Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Fuck you! At Takeover Brooklyn 2015, <laughs> the the Iron Woman match. Uh the no. one, the no, the the one where Bailey finally took the belt. Um, so again, another match that culminated in a story that had been built for so long. Sasha already being part of the main roster and going back to that. Um, it was just a match that fucking. Uh, you know, they on TV, WWE television, they're talking about the women's evolution and things like that. But in NXT, those girls did it already. You know, uh, Charlotte Flair versus Natalia. You know, uh, the four horsewomen of NXT were rocking the fuck out against each other, with each other, uh, no matter what. And I feel that this match did so much for wrestling, for women's wrestling, for everything uh, on a mainstream scale. Because we, you can't deny it. WWE did not start the women's evolution in wrestling. I truly believe that's a TNA thing with Gail Kim and all them girls over there. Um, Mickey James, awesome Kong. But WWE did it on a much grander scale. And I all, it's been a theme of the day. It's if, it's if it transcends one company into mainstream, 
this did it, and it's from NXT that transcended. So I had to give that at number two. Smitty, what's your number one? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same one. Uh, like the story, like eighth story, love Bailey to death. I think Bailey's one of the most, even though, even stat-wise, she's held that SmackDown Women's title most of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is really like, this was this was Bailey's coming out, like Bailey's a real force to be looked at inside this company in general, not just NXT, like in the future. She's a, mm-hmm. She, she she's more than just her butt. Stop! I love that ass. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what's your number one wrestling match of the decade? Um, Kofi and Daniel Bryan WrestleMania this year. Yeah, I think the story leading up to it, the way they inserted Kofi into it, it all worked flawlessly. The way, it, like I mentioned earlier, when we had that SmackDown before me, little accident, <laughs> and, and I, I really did feel at some point, man, maybe they will take that that chance away from him, and they didn't. And the emotion that was in that match is great, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Z number one match of the decade. Uh, I bet it's mine. Sean and Taker. Oh, it's not. Damn. No. Right. Yep. Sean and Taker. I mean, just bias. Last time I got to see Sean wrestle in a high profile match and left it all on the table. So yeah. it's a great match. I mean, of the series of, especially like in this decade of Taker's WrestleMania matches, still, still this day, the best match. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Right. Agreed. Um, and he had great bouts with Triple H to follow the two years. Right. But, but yeah, no, but that but was, but the yes. emotion, the, yep. the everything, the, like just uh, I, when you add up everything, like the in-ring work. The storytelling, the emotion, the moment—like it, it was all just there. Yeah, and I, and that's—I was just furthering your point. Was it's not like because you can think of Taker's current run of matches where there was hit problems, lackluster. Right. But he did have really good matches after this one. It's not like he just had injury old guy moment matches to where there's nothing to compare it to in good wise. That match was really good, and I fully agree. The of the decade, Taker's best Mania match. Yes. Uh, my number one match is something that um, caught everyone out of the blue. While he was not in my top five wrestlers, and he was mentioned by you guys, Mr. John Cena did put on a match with a guy in Money in the Bank 2011. <laughs> That's my honorable that mention for number the one. Fuck off the roof. CM Punk winning the WWE yep. Championship when storyline wise had not signed a new contract, even though he signed it the day of shoot wise day of. So that story never was wrong. Yeah, did he sign it like twelve oh one the next day? Or no, he signed it the morning of of Money in the Bank. Oh, okay, and got that belt and put off. It was just one of the best matches. You truly didn't know how many times in wrestling are you watching a match that's that high profile. And you don't know what's gonna happen. That and then match, they even played off yeah, after, like you didn't know until the end fucking, of Raw yeah. the following day, and then you're like, okay, yep. And then and they had to the Montreal school job. And they gave it to Cena. Yeah, it was it was great. Oh yeah, Ray won it, and then yep. Cena took it back. Yep. And- it was um, it was a it was a match for the ages, and 
for the long time, longest time was the last five star match that Meltzer gave WWE until NXT takeovers in a uh, couple years ago. Yep. Right, so you're talking like a good seven year run where not a single match in WWE had a five star rating. Not even some of them need to get four. Yeah, like, if we yeah. were doing a top five, that was going to be on yeah. my list, and so was Taker and Brock, just for the moment. Right, not that this. not that Taker and Brock was a good match. Yeah, but for the moment of losing the streak and all that, it it would make the top. Right, and, and that's Still why we were even saying earlier, man. These these matches, I I, I you know Smitty, you said there's some hot takes to them, but there's feelings and emotions in these matches that change how it, it's looked at for. We're not talking matches a technical standpoint. We're talking the best match to us over the decades. So. Yeah, if we, were, if we were doing sole technical standpoint, I, there would be a Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn match in there yeah. somewhere. Oh, Tyler Bate and uh, fucking Walter was one of my honorable matches yeah. for uh, both this year and a decade. All right. Uh, Smitty, give me your favorite moment of the decade in wrestling. And do you have an honorable mention before you talk about the favorite moment? Uh, honorable mention, CM Punk Pipe Bomb, because okay. it put a lot of eyes back on wrestling where at a time where people were not watching. Okay. Um, but I'm still going to say Kofi winning that title is still throughout the whole decade is my favorite moment. Okay. Nice, man. Uh, Nick? Well, <clears throat> before we started the show, I said it didn't have – it wasn't a match. Um, I think for wrestling as a whole – WWE introducing the WWE network is is such a step forward and it's kind of fallen short for me because I I still think that people more people could be watching mm-hmm. and I know it doesn't make a lot of sense but I did, I didn't watch wrestling for the whole decade you know what I mean so for me to say Fucking what loser. what was my <laughs> what was my favorite moment of the decade um you know, giving more and more people this easier access, and it started a fucking trend of and, and all the other shit that I didn't have. Um, I, I mean, that just is a huge door mm-hmm. for a wrestling fan, and I I don't think that. I mean, there's obviously wrestling moments that are better than that, of course. Mm-hmm. But when you look, for you at it's the, the biggest thing of the decade. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Z, your biggest moment Nick, of the decade. <laughs> Nick's over here taking notes of our favorite matches. Of the I, I was. Got to go uh, watch yeah. that. Gotta yeah, watch that. I really did. Yep. Uh, um, the mo- moment of that decade, hands down, is uh, Brock beating the streak. Yeah, I, I don't. There was a. I don't think there's been a bigger shock and awe moment of. I mean, not only the decade, but I mean, up until that point, like, like nobody believed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe. It. I mean, we were we were silent. We were yeah. sitting at B Dubs, completely silent. Like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, That's what I was. That, that, will <laughs> and that is something like as an adult that doesn't happen to me in wrestling because I know more. Like as a kid, of course, because I <coughs> I was naive and I you know believed half of the shit on the screen. As an adult, like I still like the story art and the creative and all that. But this was a moment that definitely caught me. And if you can catch me and make me be like. What the fuck? Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. Then that's a good moment. That's what would have been, I would have said, because I knew it happened and then went back after the fact, you know, within the last three years and watched that, Mm -hmm. even though I knew it happened and it still caught me like the whole, the whole arena was silent. Like Like, everyone was just caught with their mouths open. The world stopped. Would that have been your honorable mention then? Yeah. hundred percent. See, what is your uh, honorable mention? There's something else that maybe moment of the year. Would be, I mean, the the, ne- the next thing would be Kofi. Okay. I mean, as far as like historical value and shock, and uh, n- okay. not that it was a shock that he won, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It um, was a shock that he my won. My 
moment of the decade. Uh, first, let me give – I have two honorable mentions. Stuff that I, I, I really want to mention these because it's things that I fought um, because it's all um, emotional moments. Daniel Bryan returning, being yeah. able to come back after concussion problems for as long as he had them was something that when you watched it, you fucking teared up. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Henry's retirement speech. Retirement speech. Oh, in the fucking salmon jacket <laughs> where it turned out he fucking hit John C- and then he hit John Cena with the fucking world's strongest slam. Oh, I I think might be one of the better swerves of all time in wrestling history because there wasn't a single fucking person that saw he that came coming as well. The, yeah. Yeah. He what came about, out with the boots. What about Edge's retirement then? Edge's retirement, um, I, I didn't put it – when I'm thinking of moments – That's another one like I cried for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but it, when I'm thinking of moments, I'm thinking of uh, positive – coming out oh, okay of it. Right, you know so, what I'm saying? Okay, like, yeah. super, like yes case, i agree and i and that's just how because when how daniel had to retire i mean i teared up right, just, like, just like i did for sean back, just like holy fucking shit yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, but yeah a, a second honorable mention it would be like the announcement of aew because you knew that was a game changer in the right. industry but so, but isn't it kind of early because it's already yeah, kind of fallen off it hasn't really changed anything other than it's changed the way people are getting paid yeah. but it's also locking them into long contracts of sitting at home so my moment of the decade, though, goes to something that truly did hit every emotional chord I had, and that was Cody winning the NWA title at all out, at all in, all in, and the fact that he was now holding a title that his father held, that another generation passed that on. It's one of those things in wrestling that you know you got Charlotte is a top tier contender but she'll never hold the world's championship like her dad i mean maybe WWE could come around and do that but currently it's not a very likely possibility um and anybody's children you know like it's it's dusty Rhodes is number two on that nwa title number one being flair right so now again if charlotte comes through and runs an nwa and she holds the NWA title. Boom. You know, it's these echelon of, of your offspring and your kids are doing it. And I'm just like, Cody doing that hits so many emotional levels for me that I could, it's <coughs> as a father, it changes you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like, man, imagine my kid doing something that everyone thought I was one of the best at fucking being. It's like Michaela coming in here and winning the BDR bell. Right. God damn it. Or fucking hosting this podcast. So like, fuck you, kid. You're better than me. Yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> way better. Uh, Cody winning that belt uh, in the, for this decade was just – you can argue it's recent and it holds more merit. But I just feel like that's spectacular homage to Dusty. It's Cody's emotion when he won yeah, it too yeah. was just – it was, was, it was real. Great. It was great. Um, okay, Smitty, give me your worst moment of the decade. Because, man, I can't wait to hear these. Uh, did I write something down? I would hope so. Worst. No, I didn't write. Oh, fuck. I didn't save it. <laughs> worst moment of the decade. Come back. You got to come back to me on this one. The one time. The final fucking thing. And Smitty's not ready for it. One thing. It's insane. New Year's same Smith. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, I even told Nick in the beginning of this. I was like, you coming out with making a... a 
putting the worst of categories like shit, fuck me. Because it was the most <laughs> difficult thing to figure out in 2019 and the decade. But man, I love the one I picked. Nick, what's your worst? <clears throat> this is going to, it's probably a hot take. Jinder Mahal becoming the WWE champion. Really? <clears throat> and I, I say that because. Not very long before he became the champion, he was pretty a much a joke, jobber. And, you know, there have been people that have worked their way from jobber to below mid-card to mid-card, back down to jobber and back and forth and have paid their dues and gotten these opportunities and still didn't get a title shot that have way better work rate than Jinder Mahal, that are way more over, either way, heel or face, way more over than he ever was. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, here you go. And then they took it away from him whenever he lost it. I think it was to AJ Styles. Looks like he saw the MSG. And we really ain't seen him since. I mean, for the most part, he's a fucking ghost. Yeah, we see the Singh brothers more right. than we see gender at this point. So to me, what a big fucking waste of no, time. Wasn't. Gotcha. It, it still, made, it still made them money in India and I, got that deal off the ground. So for me really, as a fan, for me as a fan, waste of fucking and time. And I liked it. I liked it because I thought he was a pure fucking old school heel. Yep. I got I real like heat run. for I, it. I like that run. Um, not go away Six either months. like Corbin had for a while. Say For it me, was, it was go away. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Z, worst moment of the decade. Uh, in all of wrestling, uh -huh. the floundering of TNA. Okay. I mean, they finally, Impact has finally gotten on their feet again. It took a lot of rebuilding, but. And the Hardys. It was, <laughs> well, yeah, but it was, I mean, week after week, they were, you know, it was taking money from talents. They were losing this. Dixie wasn't helping. Dixie. I mean, really, the worst moment, the worst thing of the decade was probably, yeah, the floundering of TNA. All right. Smitty, you got something yet? Uh, the Just the misuse of talent in WWE. Okay. In general. Um, there's a lot of guys that have gotten themselves over, but have had the rug pulled under them over the decade. Uh, there's a lot of guys that probably th – that. The company didn't never never listen to the fans for their own interest. This is stuff like that, I guess, would be the worst moments, most worst thing moment of the decade. So yours plays into Nick's, mine plays into Z's. The beginning to me of what happened to TNA before it came back, and it's really funny that you mentioned the Hardys. Because the biggest problem with me was Jeff Hardy versus Sting. In oh, he was so fucking high. Joker Sting, or when Jeff Hardy came to the ring drunk and as high as fuck. There's another one Trash. I gotta go back and watch. Oh, you haven't seen that? I, 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 I um, haven't Jeff Hardy it's versus bad. Sting, Victory Road, 2011. 2012. It's bad. He, it was. It, it was. It signified everything that started to go to shit. For TNA. Wasn't that when uh when Dixie and Jarrett came out and pretty much told Sting to just roll him up or something uh, like that? Something maybe before the match. And this I is a TNA paper. This is a TNA. TNA yeah, paper. You can watch it on fucking YouTube. Yeah. It's I actually a ten have minute clip. Plus. Ten minute clip. Why? Because the match is like four minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> um it was an absolute absolute fucking shit show. It was like Matt Hardy versus Edge if they were both drunk and high. 
It was bad. The format. And it definitely started what was the absolute and like Decline. they tried to stay around and what's funny is jeff jarrett is the one that was like oh he's wrestling drunk in the ring and then you know a couple years later who's entering rehab none other than double j yep so to me, 2011 victory road tna jeff hardy versus sting is the worst fucking moment of the decade Ooh, honorable wow. mention the return and fail of the angle career he came back out of retirement, and it was great, and I was happy, and I marked out. And then he had a couple matches, and I was like, no, just go away. Just yeah. stop it. Just <laughs> I, stop Jason Jordan storyline. Yeah. One of those matches was good. That's it. Like that first match back when he was with the Shield was horrid. His next match, we all said it. Oh, my God. If Angle moves like that for this mm-hmm. run, we're good. And then he didn't again. Yep, exactly. And <laughs> I, I was okay. With, a lot of people were pissed off that Corbin finished him, but – you, you nah. go out on your back, man. Sorry. You Went out on his back, and he put over Corbin. And right. Corbin's one of the top heels, and it's just another thing in that long list that Corbin says when he comes out that gets him heat. Right. So it, it was well, actually The worst thing about yeah. that is that he doesn't mention retirement angle that often. Anymore. Yeah. But he used to be. He, now he's got so much shit. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> dog food. He, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Golden Glove winner, blah, blah, blah. And I retired. It got him heat. And then he started his little list of, like, this is what I did, and they boo him. Yeah. Um, which is really funny that that was part of one of the the, the pay per view that all of us were like, yeah, top fucking pay per view of the year. <laughs> and one of the moments we're like, oh fuck. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us. Next week when we come back, we are definitely going to get into a lot of the stuff that's going on. We're going to talk Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to talk uh, impacts. Yeah, hard to all kill five days of it. <laughs> um, we're going to have a conversation about all the upcoming build to Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, again, we're going to have a huge party with our boys, Knockouts at Three Counts, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in downtown Detroit, January 26th, second floor. Huge fucking party. Come on. Huge. In huge. 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 So big, we're going to build a wall around it. No one's going to be let in if you're. <laughs> Smitty's not allowed. <laughs> if you're a rapist or a drug dealer or Smitty, you're not allowed in. Sorry. Uh, we will be there at the Buffalo Wild Wings, downtown Detroit, January. January 26th, Sunday, January 26th. Uh, kicking off probably an hour uh, uh, before the pay-per-view, so 6 o'clock is what we usually do. Uh, time subject to change depending on what WWE decides to do for their start of the pay-per-view. Um, but, yeah, next week we'll go into the build for that. We'll go into Wrestle Kingdom. We'll go into Hard to Kill. We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. Get some of our merch. Follow us on all of our social media at BDRCast. And we are your ring crew. That nigga Smitty. Your friendly neighborhood Nicka. That whitey Z. (laughs) That whitey Z. And me, the almighty one, Mikey himself. Look at the shitter on that critter. (laughs) 